0: Uh, and uh, just got back from a long walk, uh, not a super long walk, but uh, we're getting there. Uh, got to get the doggy's feet uh, back into shape. Plus, Chief is getting really old, so you know I have to be uh, conscious of you know how far he can go and without getting really tired and stuff like that. But so uh, we're working up to going a little bit further. He did pretty good today. Um, and uh not a lot of action. we got to see some geese, a couple of big fat Canadian geese that were walking on the trail in front of us, and uh I was gonna go down by the river and let them get in the water, but of course, uh there were some fishermen down there, so I didn't think they would appreciate it and that's about the only place that you can it's like a little beach area that they that they build a gravel road down to at this park. Uh, where there was at one time a mill uh, that had like a waterfall with a I guess like a um, a water wheel thing way back in the day the uh, there's three big rock uh, like piers there that held up because the, the building that the water wheel uh, at the at the dam um, set on well you know the one side of it set on the ground on the hillside and then there were three piers and it's it kind of set on those so it was out over the water um and i uh, would have liked to have taken them down there so they could get in the water and swim a little bit um there's another place but it's a little bit further out and i would have to have i had shorts on and i would have to have a pair of pants because you uh, it doesn't look like anybody has um uh, cut the weeds or anything down the uh kind of little path sort of road that goes down there and i'm sure there's poison ivy and i have uh not gotten it and in, in uh didn't get it last year and haven't gotten it this year so i'm trying to stay away from that uh because i'm sure the long-time listeners of the show have uh know that my past with the poison ivy and how bad i get it uh but i did find some places um in the yard uh, growing up through the bushes and stuff. I just saw some out there today that I need to go out and spray and get rid of before the dogs rub up against it. Uh, but we had a pretty good morning. Uh had the night off, so uh, slept a little extra, but then stayed up mostly watching wrestling. And, um, you know, been watching a lot of that at home and not a lot of movies at home. Um, but anyway... I got some stuff going on here, um, some shows that we can talk about, and uh, I did uh, find find the um, silver and gold um, email uh, and password, so I will be delving into Rolf's uh, questions, and that's about it. Not too much going on um, on the online. in the online world that I know of, <laughs> uh, Let's see here. Let me let's start off here and get the, the the shoe rolling here. Um, I was going to start a little poll, and this is for you know people who are fans of uh, redheads on the sylvan gold, um, because I found a. Uh, I'm trying to think what I was looking at the other day and it was um some information oh i know what it was uh gary lockwood uh who was in a couple of movies that i covered will be covering this week um i looked up his bio and um he had dated for dated or was married to i think married to for for a, a while there uh stephanie powers and i always one i always thought that there was like a connection besides robert wagner i guess between Stephanie Powers and um, Jill St. John, who was in um, Diamonds Are Forever with Sean Connery and some other, you know, other movies and stuff. And I was just, I was kind of throwing out, going to throw out there, and I should have put it on the group, but uh, for some reason I ended up posting a picture of uh, Bigfoot Uh, Colonel Steve Austin, a.k.a. Lee Majors, and Stephanie Powers from uh, one of the Bigfoot episodes of The Six Million Dollar Man. And I believe the Bigfoot in that one was not... Andre the Giant was the Bigfoot in the first uh, ones where Bigfoot was on The Six Million Dollar Man. But I believe this is Ted Cassidy, who was in uh, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid and uh, who played Lurch on Adam's Family. But she looks pretty good. And she, um, after she left uh, Gary Lockwood, after they split up, I don't know if she left him. But after they split up, she was the longtime companion of William Holden, who was, you know, quite a quite a few years older than her. And I think she was actually with him when he uh, uh, died, which was, you know, pretty much from alcoholism. He fell and hit his head and uh, basically, I think, fractured his skull and bled out or whatever but uh it was from being a you know pretty hardcore alcoholic um so anyway uh you might i'm gonna throw that out there and then we can see how many people actually listen to this turd (laughs) stephanie powers or jill saint john the sylvan gold redhead uh uh matchup so anyway uh let me get on here and uh we'll look at some other stuff um a couple of things that um I got into that took up a little bit of movie watching time but that are still interesting is I watched uh the miniseries Waco which was on the Paramount network. And when it was on, I I saw some of the um previews and stuff for it that it was going to be on and I thought it was on like some kind of uh channel, pay channel or something that I did not get on my cable well what it is is um i guess um uh i think um and you can correct me if i'm wrong the the genesis of the paramount paramount channel is um it was the nashville network which was tnn then that changed to uh um well i think it was the nashville network then they just called it tnn just use the initials Then it became Spike TV, which was the channel for men. And I know a lot of this because um, uh, Total Nonstop Action Wrestling was on uh, TNN, and then it changed into the Spike channel, and then uh, they went off there. But then uh, Spike TV became Paramount, like Paramount Studios that makes Hollywood movies and uh, so it was on there so I actually probably did get it and could have watched it but I did not know what Paramount was so I ended up getting on uh, iTunes and finding it and just watching it on there now um, this has a real pretty good cast Uh, Michael Shannon is in it and he plays the FBI um, hostage negotiation uh, uh, team guy Um, and then of course Taylor Kish is in it and some people of course are uh, you know kind of like okay I don't know Taylor Kish hasn't had too great of a track record although I've seen him in a few things that I liked most notably John Carter Warlord of uh, I wouldn't say Warlord of Mars but it was just John Carter of Mars I think or I don't even know if they had of Mars on it Um, let's see who else was in this uh, Rory Culkin, Macaulay Culkin's brother. I've seen him in a few things, and I've really, I really uh, think he's a pretty good actor. I, I like him. Um, who else was in this? That I liked? Supergirl was in it, of course. And uh, <laughs> look up her name, Supergirl. Um, uh, Shay Wigham. He's in a lot of shit, but I think he's a pretty good actor because he doesn't just go for he could easily you know just kind of be typecast i think but he he's usually pretty solid with uh with his acting he has kind of an every man kind of a thing uh going on there and um that one big guy he was in uh i think it's let me find him here there was another guy that was in Boardwalk Empire. And, of course, I'll never be able to find the psalm bitch. Is it Giacomo Bazell? <laughs> Giacomo? I don't think that's him. I think it was somebody else, because he had a fairly decent-sized part. I'll just have to find him here. But anyway, this was a pretty good um, mini series. Uh, I thought they did a really good job of showing, you know, kind of what actually happened uh, and cutting through... Uh, Melissa Benoist or Ben Benoist or whatever, that's Supergirl. Uh, uh, showing, kind of cutting through a lot of the propaganda that was put out at first to kind of demonize uh, the people in the Branch Davidian Church, but it also did show some of the uh weird and wacky shit that um, uh David Koresh was doing and was involved in and then I got online and looked up uh, I didn't read it very extensively but um I looked up some of the um some of the shit the history of the Branch Davidian church in Waco before Koresh uh came to power and it was kind of like a a uh a power struggle between several different people, and then he ended up taking over. But I thought Taylor Kish did a pretty good job in this. Michael Shannon was really good, and uh, John Leguizamo was in it, and he was really good too. Uh, It's not like a super long uh, thing, but um, it's definitely worth a watch, and I encourage everybody to check it out, especially if you're a Michael Shannon fan. And like I said, John Leguizamo and Michael Shannon were probably the two uh, highlights for me, and Supergirl's always cute. Anyway, uh, I finished up season three of Legends of Tomorrow. Um, I bought the whole season of this on iTunes. And then um, I would forget because they put up the episodes as they come out. And I would forget about it. And then I actually thought that I was done with it. I thought the season was over, but I had like two or three more episodes to go, which I'm glad my friend Tim told me. He goes, no, he goes, you're not done. You still got like three episodes. I thought, man, they kind of ended it on a a weird note. But he said, no, you got three more episodes, which were really good. And this show is just super, super fun. It does have some uh, good dramatic moments and some things where you're like, oh, my God, you know but it's mostly done and i just got back from my walk so i'm drinking a lot of uh tea cold tea while i'm sitting here um plus getting that dry throat already and we're only just a few minutes in here uh, but it also has um i'll just like i said a lot of fun and funny stuff you can tell they're really the the writers and the actors are having a really good time still love uh katie lots who plays um Oh, white canary, uh, Sarah Lance. And I was looking up some pictures of her online and, um, she's really fit, but I'm kind of almost falling into the loaf, uh, thing about her when he says, you know, I don't, I, I don't, I'm not attracted to women that have like abs and she does have like abs in some of these pictures where she's wearing like a bikini or like a, she's working out or something and um not only that but she has like the um the uh i'm trying to think like the lower abdominal muscles like pink the the uh singer pink has where it cuts down from her obliques and goes down to her like pubis (laughs) and uh you know there's just something uh, she she's uh into dance she was a dancer and stuff like like hip-hop dancing and things like that which makes it Uh, (laughs) makes it pretty good for her as far as being uh, agile and and enough to do like uh, martial arts moves plus she studies martial arts now brandon routh uh who played superman in um one of the superman movies is in this too and he plays totally against like the superman character he's just funny as hell um and i love um Uh, Dominic Purcell in this because he talks like what are you doing haircut you know he's just over the top which is most of the characters in this are like that and um, oh my gosh what's his name that played the tin man Um, (laughs) I was going to say not Buddy Epson but Buddy Epson wasn't the tin man Um, oh gosh this uh, what's his name See, I would say that I didn't prepare, but I never expected to like talk about it. But I just wanted to give this guy his props. Uh, Neil McDonough played the Tin Man in the Tin Man uh, mini series with Zoe, Zoe uh, Deschanel and Alan Cumming, which I li- also like that one. I recommend that. But um, he is really good in Legends of Tomorrow. He's very menacing, but he they still even though he's a t- he is a mean. Evil piece of shit. They still do it in a way that he's pretty funny a lot of times, and you know has a sense of humor. Um, so okay, now for the first movie, well, I talked about Stephanie Powers and that's and how I got uh, to looking her up and talking about this Stephanie Powers versus Jill Saint John uh, uh, battle. My first Gary Lockwood movie. Uh, my my chair is squeaking like crazy. Uh, like my knee Um, first Gary Lockwood movie uh, that uh, which kind of prompted me to look her up or look him up and then find out their relationship and everything was uh, Las Vegas 500 Millions aka they came to rob Las Vegas from 1968 and this was uh, written and directed by Antonio Isasi Isas Mendy as antonio Asazi. um he did the screenplay and wrote uh the, the whole shebang i believe um and it stars gary lockwood elka summer uh lee j cobb and jack palance uh which you know very good cast right um I cannot remember what movie group I saw this sound because I'd never heard of it. And I was always interested in Gary Lockwood because I remember him from a few Westerns, but I also remember him as one of the two astronauts in 2001 a space odyssey with Pierre Dulé. Um, this is a pretty good movie. Um, not great, but the I think one of the things it's like a, a time capsule. I always have these time capsules in uh, in on the Silver and Gold podcast that I talk about or recommend. Um, but this definitely is a time capsule, um, and it really has like a of course 1968. It really has a lot of that swinging '60s kind of uh, not as much camp as it is like um, how Hollywood would um, show kind of the counterculture of the sixties in movies and uh, some of it's uh, kind of weird. I mean like overly weird with the music and, uh, and uh, when they would show like people partying or how they act, they act so over the top weird and, and, uh, and just kind of strange, kind of like the Don Stroud group uh that um clint eastwood had to deal with in um the fuck was that movie called (laughs) oh shit um coogan's bluff or uh when lee marvin in point break uh goes to that club and there's all these crazy psychedelic lights and stuff like that it kind of has that feel in a part of it and a lot of gary lockwood's friends are very strange like sort of um hippie hippie druggy psychedelic uh uh strange kind of guys um and that's h- who his criminal crew ends up being uh and of course the name of the movie is they came to rob Las Vegas uh Lee J Cobb is of course really good in this Elka Summer uh, who Terry Frost uh that's his uh dream woman I believe he said it one time is she just stunning Uh, and, um, there's a, like a love triangle going on there. Um, and Jack Palance, who just, you know, just looks like a piece of granite, but he's also very good in this as an investigator who is trying to figure out what the fuck's going on. Um, one thing about this, I, I, I like the, the idea of the caper. It kind of has like an Ocean's Eleven feel, although Gary Lockwood's team... Ocean's Eleven, of course, each person had that specialty thing, and they were all famous people or whatever. Gary Lockwood is like the the leader, but most of the other faces I don't really recognize, and I think a lot of this, it seemed like a lot of it was dubbed, so I think uh, it was probably made for um, like the Italian audience. I know there was a lot of it that was shot in Spain, but then there was a lot of it that was shot in like Las Vegas and uh um but um some of the other people in this like I said I just don't I mean yeah they're all Italian actors so it kind of came off like a you know a, a euro crime film with you know uh famous um american actors in it um, but I thought it was pretty good. There are some some funny things in it. I, I read somebody was talking about how each person dies, like if they get shot, uh, it's very dramatic. How they just they like throw themselves in the air and grab their chest and and have those you know very dramatic d- uh, death scenes. Which still it you know like I said it's a sign of the times. There was a lot of that back then. Uh, so I, I do recommend this. It's not great, but it's it's definitely worth a watch. Dig it uh went to the theater or the theater uh, several times uh while Sylvan gold was on a short hiatus um uh i took a few days off of work uh and just for you know to get away from work <laughs> and i went to see the other day at about 10:30 uh, in the morning uh superfly 2018's version of superfly um which was directed by Director X and uh, written by Alex Say and based on the screenplay, 1972 screenplay of the original by Philip Fentany. Uh, and this stars Trevor Jackson, Jason Mitchell, Lex Scott Davis, and um, uh, Priest this time is played by Trevor Jackson. And... Um, I was talking to Justin Oberholzer, the cinemasochist, the other day about this. And, um, Isse Morales. I did not even recognize him in this. But, you know, that's cool. I should have looked over the cast. Uh, big boy. Big boy! Uh, <laughs> had a little flavor here. Um, but this was not bad. It's, it's a rated R movie, and it definitely earns that. Uh, t- uh just, uh, of course, a lot of violence and, uh uh some pretty I wouldn't even say sexual situations. There was uh some fucking near hardcore sex in this. Um one time, I think I believe, and it wasn't that long ago, I've said it before, but in uh history of violence, I said that um, that was the first mainstream Hollywood movie that I ever saw six uh the sexual sex position sixty nine in. And I think that somebody confirmed that and said that you know that it that it it was. Well, this one has some sexual positions in it that I, when I was sitting in the theater, I was the only one in the theater at the time, and uh, there was a an extended sex scene and the uh, final volley at the end. <laughs> uh, uh, I literally kind of said out loud well i've never seen that in a mainstream movie before um i know the original was kind of like up there with shaft as far as uh a um, legendary black exploitation movie it was low budget and everything now this is definitely not low budget everything looks really great um but it doesn't have that um that special thing that uh, the original had. Because in the original, like, Ron O'Neill, who played uh, Priest, a.k.a. Superfly, um, was a pimp, and it had a lot to do with... uh, He was an anti-hero. He was the hero of the movie, but, of course, he was a drug dealer and a pimp. And and it had a lot to do with um, him being... having to deal with, like, corrupt, shitty-ass cops and stuff. And you have that in this one, too. And him dealing with other drug dealers and things. But back then, uh the way that the original was, uh, you never would have ever thought about having somebody, especially an African-American actor or character, um being a, a hero. And not only that, but... Being an anti-hero because of what his profession is, and having the cops be like the bad guys. Now you have that in this one, but it's just not because you know it's modern day and everything. It's just not as uh, in your, uh, 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 it's not as kind of shocking and in your face kind of a thing that that made the original so special. Like I said, this is this is worth a watch. Um, I was telling Justin um, that you know i think that this is one that you could probably miss in the theater and wait until it comes out on digital download or dvd um but i would it's a little bit better than average uh but i still had fun watching it because it does have a lot of action a lot of violence and a lot of uh wow, <laughs> and some ridiculous shit too which i thought was pretty funny so that's super fly. Uh, I did a rewatch of 2011's The Rum Diary, my second R-rated movie of uh, this term, of silver and Gold. Um, for some reason, I just kind of wanted to take a look at this again, and I'm not sure why. I think I was um, thinking about like Hunter S. Thompson and his early work. Now, I know Johnny Depp played him uh, or, uh, Raul, uh, in, um, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, Raul Duke. And in this one, I never read, the only book that I have of, um, Hunter S. Thompson is the Hells Angels book. Um, but, um, I thought this one, somebody said this, this would be like, uh, Raul Duke, before um, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, um, and it, it, you know, of course, as far as how it was when it was written, it, it definitely is. Um, I liked um, Fear. And, I liked Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Thought Benicio del Toro was really good in that, and it was kind of like shot like a psychedelic drug trip. Where this one. Uh, well, number one, I'm I, I'm always interested in this time period. This takes place in Puerto Rico, um, but like this time period um, in Puerto Rico and Cuba, and how the United States dealt deals and dealt with those places, and what it was like. You know, if, uh, you had the lifestyles of the rich and famous down there. You had the, and it's probably still this way. Uh, uh and then you have the people that actually live there that uh a lot of them living almost like a th- in a third world country while all these super uber rich people are living uh you know in a palatial lifestyle and then you throw in the middle of that um Johnny Depp who is a uh writer who goes down to Puerto Rico to um get a job on a local newspaper and uh, it's got a pretty good cast Aaron Eckhart uh Giovanni Rabisi um who else is in this Amber Heard who I kind of have had sort of a thing where I look at her and I think you know that she just kind of like a a, a a cookie cutter barbie doll kind of a person uh she's pretty good in this and when they pretty her up she looks pretty good but still not like somebody that i'm just you know falling all over myself over i'm sure if she walked in here right now that i would probably turn this podcast off <laughs> uh richard jenkins is good in this really good in this and uh michael rispoli i've seen him in a lot of stuff he was really good in this he is um uh, another writer on the newspaper who ends up, um, uh, Johnny Depp's character ends up living with him. He's kind of a big slob and he has a, a, a wee little tiny, like, Fiat car that somebody has to get out and push uh, to get it started while he, uh, you know, sits in the driver's seat, which is pretty funny. Um, but I think a lot of the concept of this is, you know, just these. Uh, this was. Not as much a drug movie. It does have a few things in it about that, but it's mostly just like these um, old American washed-up guys on their last leg, uh, writers for this newspaper, and their thing is just getting shit-faced drunk. You know, just kind of alcoholics that are they're doing their job, and uh, uh, but they're getting sloshed every night, and you know. But I, I, I liked it. It's a really pretty movie, uh, directed by. Bruce Robinson and, uh, the screenplay was by Bruce Robinson. Of course, the novel by Hunter S Thompson. Uh, but it's a, it's a nice movie to look like or or to look at. Um, and Aaron Eckhart does a really good job, but I, like I said, this is another one that's kind of better than average. I, I like the, the time period that it covers. And I thought Johnny Depp did a really good job in it too. Uh, he seems to have a fascination with Hunter S Thompson. Hopefully he will not, uh, you know, I was thinking about this today with like Artie Lang and uh, John Belushi and all these people he talks about that were his heroes, like Keith Richards and, uh, um, oh, um, not Muddy Waters, uh, Miles Davis. He would all, he's, a, of course, a drug addict, if you know anything about Artie Lang, the comedian. Um, heroin addict, cocaine addict, and stuff like that. And he almost looks up to these famous drug addicts uh, and then it's like he's trying to almost emulate their lifestyle. Now whether it's whether it's he he looks up to them because he can relate to them, so he's attracted to to them, or vice versa, he looks up to them and then he tries to be like them. And that's sort of how I kind of wonder if Johnny Depp is sort of like that too, because he's he's one that you would see in all, any Hunter S. Thompson. Um, uh, documentary you know they have Johnny Depp and um, uh, John Cusack and these guys Sean Penn that would go and hang out with him and, and almost look at him like an Obi-Wan Kenobi kind of a guy and then of course they're getting hey I went and got you know shit face drunk with uh, Raoul Duke and we shot guns and things were going crazy and there were bats and things flying around and I said to him Uh, you know, Hunter, should you really be doing that? And he was like, you know, (coughs) shouldn't have done that. But anyway, let's move on from this. Might have to go get another glass of tea. Jesus Christ. I'm hammering them down, baby. I look up to people that drink tea, sit around in their underwear, and uh, go for walks. Are there any movie stars like that? Name one. Anyway, I watched uh, 2018's Braven, another R-rated movie. Now, this stars uh, Jason Momoa, who... uh, I can't say that I have seen anything that he was in that I was like, yes! The guy has a great look. He has a a certain charisma about himself. But I really didn't like uh, the movie Bullet in the Head. I really didn't like the... Uh, series, um, wilderness or whatever the fuck it was called. Not that I hated it. I haven't, I've only watched like two episodes of it and then I just kind of dropped it. Uh, I didn't really think that much of him as Aquaman because I think he's kind of miscast and he just kind of plays Jason Momoa, badass kind of, you know, uh, Samoan or whatever kind of guy he is with the tattoos and everything. Um, uh, Again, I think that, you know, it's funny how Hollywood can, they could, you could give, you could say, I'm going to make a movie about a shit sandwich and then somebody brings them in a, an orange and they say, you're going to play the shit sandwich. And then somebody has a pile of shit and they say, you know what you're going to play? You're going to play the blonde-haired angel that tries to get the shit sandwich to, you know, whatever. Uh, Jason Momoa, in in DC Comics, there's a character called Lobo. Uh, Jason Momoa is perfect. He looks like him. He acts like him. He plays Aquaman, like Lobo. But they uh, cast him as Aquaman. You know, so... Um, who doesn't act anything or look anything like Jason Momoa. Uh, so anyway, but anyway, the, uh, well, I lost track of what I was even talking about. This was directed by Lynn Oding, Braven is the name of it, and uh, written by Michael Nilon and Thomas Pa Pasibet. This one was not bad. It's better. It's a better-than-average action movie. It's a straight-to-DVD or straight-to-digital download, I'm pretty sure, movie. Um, Kind of reminds me of a a Charles Bronson movie. It has a decent cast. Jason Momoa... Wait a minute. Uh, Dig it. Uh, Garrett Dillahunt and Stephen Lang. Uh, The gist of this movie is... um, Jason Momoa's character and his family are like loggers, and they live out in the I guess Pacific Northwest or something, and um some shit goes down with some drug dealers uh leaving they they uh they have a problem which en- ends up with them having to stash a whole bunch of cocaine in uh momoa's like hunting cabin which he comes across and then of course they're after him and it's these um well armed uh kind of mafia drug dealer types trying to get their drugs and trying to kill him and of course you know he lives there and he's kind of an outdoorsman and everything and they're chasing him so it actually was not bad this is probably the first movie that i have seen um let me look up just to make sure i'm not making a misstatement jason ma mo moa um I'm thinking that this is probably the first movie that I saw him in. I liked it I liked the Conan the Barbarian movie. Some people hated it. I thought it was pretty good and I thought he did a pretty good job and for me I thought that they did a good job of what, you know, Conan the Barbarian and what Conan uh should be. Um let's see what else here. Justice League again. It wasn't him. It was just miscast and I didn't think that was that great of a movie uh what else we got here there was that one i bullet in the head i did not like that much Road to paloma i did not see there was the one where he was like the head of the cannibals out in uh that was that bad batch i think that was bad batch that was an interesting movie it was really weird and i thought you know again i didn't think he did a bad job he kind of plays the same character that Jason Momoa always plays very big uh menacing kind of a dude um like i said i mean even in um that bullet in the head i don't think that he was necessarily bad i just didn't think that that was a very good movie Sylvester Sloane's hair was too goddamn dark. Or the wig that he was wearing. Uh, so, anyway, Braven, I would encourage people to check that one out if you like an old school action movie. Like I said, kind of in a Charles Bronson kind of a vein. Next thing I watched, which is on YouTube, you can find it for free. Although it is uh, the, the uh, English dubbed version, is 2004's Appleseed or Aperushidao. A Purushido. Uh, and this is another rated, man, I'm hitting all these R rated movies. I must be an adult. <laughs> uh, this was directed by Sinji Aramaki and Stephen Foster. I guess he probably directed the, uh, the, uh, voice, the English, uh, version, uh, Shirao Masu, Masume and, uh, Haruka Honda, uh, are the writers, of uh, the, um, uh, Masu Mas, Masu Masa Mune is the comic book writer or the manga writer and uh Haruka Honda um is wrote the screenplay and um lots of voice actors in this because this is a digitally animated movie which I thought just looked great. I remember seeing the box cover art for this but I I'm not like I haven't watched a lot of anime Movies or TV shows. Um, of course, you know, like um, um, Ghost in the Shell, the original, I've seen that. And um, the, like, mini, not mini-series, but the series Ghost in the Shell. I have that and I've watched several of those. And um, Akira. Uh, but I thought this was pretty good. And uh, Full Metal Alchemist I just watched recently. This was, uh, uh, I, th- I enjoyed it. I thought the uh, digital animation was really great to look at. Uh, El Goro even uh, said to uh, check out the um, sequel to this, which even looks better. So I'm going to check that one out too uh, when I get a chance. And uh, that would be, I think that is um, Appleseed Ex Machina 2007. So this is one of those things like a lot of the, you know, just even Hollywood movies, but of course with these uh, anime, uh, digital animated movies, you know the the newer ones, I would think, are always going to look better because they, um, the, you know, just the the technology and everything is just getting better and better. But I would check this one out. Like I said, it's on YouTube. I did not see if there was a uh, the uh, the version with uh, the Japanese language version is on there. Um, and Loaf informed me that there are a lot of people in the uh, you know anime fans that would shit on watching the uh, English dub version but you know um, I was watching it for one while I was uh, working out and uh, doing a lot of cardio stuff so um, it's you know when you're moving up and down and doing things uh, you know I would have to watch the Japanese language version and and compare it to what is said in the other in the uh English dubbed version but um nothing sounded stupid and I thought it was pretty good so <laughs> I don't give a fuck uh dig it um next thing I watched um <clears throat> I bought um I'm trying to think I bought this on I think Blu-ray at the Walmart 1968 and this is my second Gary Lockwood movie Uh, 2001 a space odyssey but I ended up uh, downloading it and watching it on off of iTunes because they I think that and braven both uh, if you look on iTunes um, they will have 99 cent rentals and uh, this was one of the 99 cent rentals and so was braven and uh, so I checked that one out and this one of course I have seen 2001 uh, many times but I just wanted to watch it again. And of course it's just beautiful. It's very, a, a very, uh, artistic and beautiful movie visually and the music and everything isn't good. I, I love the story. Um, and going and reading about, you know, uh, uh, Arthur C. Clarke and the things that he sort of created that, uh, uh, because when he wrote this, he got together with, um, Aeronautical engineers and things like that and things that were just prototypes or ideas he put in this movie and in 2010 and then some of his other books and then they ended up this the technology that he was that he used in the movie and stuff actually ended up becoming true and it wasn't because he was a prophet it was because he went to some of these people at NASA and said hey I'm writing this story what are you know what are some of the things that you think that uh, they might use and you know this time period or whatever in the future because this is 68 and you know he's talking about 2001 and um, I like the cast uh, Kier Dulé Gary Lockwood and um ma, 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 uh william sylvester who plays haywood floyd uh and in 2010 that part was played by roy scheider um i like i said uh, everybody in our group and in our kind of uh within our circle of friends has probably seen 2001 so there's not a lot to say about it uh one thing that I don't think I know knew this. Uh, maybe I just forgot about it or something. Uh, Arthur C. Clarke was actually writing this. Um, as Stanley Kubrick, they were, they were both writing this story as it was being shot. And cause for some reason I was thinking that this was a book first and then Stanley Kubrick adapted it for uh, the big screen, but they were actually writing this at, as they were making it, and then the the actual book came out after the success of the movie. And and this is another one where uh, the two, well, I might even say the three uh, actors: um, William Sylvester, Gary Lockwood, and Kier Dullea. All three of them. This was this movie was you know it's legendary uh, you know a famous movie and it, even at the time when it first came out it was it was a critical success, um, and none of those actors really. If you look at Kier Dulle's uh, filmography, he did a lot of stuff and he has worked a lot in his later years, but neither one of these. Uh, when I say neither one of these guys, I, I mostly think about Kier uh, Dullea and Gary Lockwood. Neither one of them, this did not really propel either one of them to like huge success on the big screen. Now, Kier Dullea, I know they said that he did a lot of work on stage and stuff like that on Broadway. Um, <clears throat> but anyway, I love this movie. Um, I love the different sections and everything, and and uh, even. Though this was made in 1968, the part at the end where um, Dave Bowman is going through all these transitions. When I I just was talking about uh, Hunter S. Thompson and uh, um, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas uh, and how... I know, like, Loaf had mentioned that he doesn't like when... Someone is like doing. They're they're doing a drug tr- or somebody's taking drugs on screen, and then somebody like Terry Gilliam or somebody else, you know, a director in a movie puts in like a um, a a drug sequence where they're showing what the person that's on drugs, whether it's psychedelics or something like that, what they're seeing and how they're feeling and everything. He he. Uh I don't know if it's because he thinks it's it's um showing their interpretation of what they think this person is seeing or experiencing. I don't know. Um but the I thought that the part where Dave Bowman um he goes through this transition at the end of the movie two thousand one, a space odyssey especially when he is, if you read about the novel and what happens to him, um, I thought Kubrick captured it really well. Um, How he is almost transported or transformed, transformed, ported at first and then after the part I'm talking about then transformed. But that whole part where he is seeing all this stuff like it uh he's got in his spacesuit with the helmet and all this stuff's coming at him, all these lights and all this shit um, and his reaction and everything. I thought it was done really well and it looks really good for 1968, uh, the special effects and everything, the special effects through the whole movie, including the, uh, you know, the, uh, eighth scene at the beginning. And then even the, um, the stuff on the, uh, space, uh, station, like platform, um, uh, uh, haywood floyd in uh the shuttle with no gravity little things like that and then of course uh when they're on um the space station bowman and pool and the spacesuits and everything i thought everything looked really good in this for a 1968 movie it was done really well huh. so i'm sure stanley kubrick will appreciate my <laughs> if he was alive he's dead now um I ended up watching Die Another Day, again, from 2002. Uh, directed by Lee Ta- Tamahori. Uh, of course, written by Ian Fleming. And uh, stars Pierce Brosnan, Halle Berry, Roseman Pike. And uh, the guy from Toby Stevens, who is from uh, Black Sales, And some other stuff, too. And, of course, you have Jane... Dame Judy Dench, John Cleese, Michael Madsen—who I—I was like, what the fuck is Michael Madsen doing in this? I mean, he just was like a stood out to me like a sore thumb. And I know he was supposed to play like you know uh, an American CIA guy or something like that, but it just was kind of like it uh, just did not fit to me. He fit almost as much as Madonna fit. <laughs> um Again, I watched this one. It was on TV, and I was working out. Uh, so I just thought, ah, fuck it. I'll watch it. You get to see Halle Berry's, uh in her bikini, which she looks really great. Um, I don't think much of her as an actress. Again, I've talked on this show before about you know her winning an Oscar for uh, Monster's Ball, and I don't think that that was – I don't think she was that great in that. Not that the movie wasn't that good, but um, um, I just didn't think that that was that great. Um Excuse me. That was the cough button. But I like Pierce Brosnan as James Bond. Uh, This movie isn't the worst in the world, Um, but there are some, like uh, the Madonna theme song sucks. Um, I don't think she was horrible in it because her part was so small, Um, but they just kind of threw her in there because it was Madonna, and at the time she was like some icon or something. Um but anyway, you know, like I said it's not the I don't think it's the worst movie in the world. It's worth a watch. And again, I don't mind Pierce Brosnan. I think uh, some of the movies he was in, I thought he did a good job as Bond. Me 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 went to the theater and I saw another R-rated movie which is Hotel Artemis from 2018, directed and written by Drew Pierce. Uh stars Jodie Foster, Sofia Boutella, Dave Bautista. And uh, I believe, you know, everybody always says Bautista uh, because they spelled it in WWE without the U. But I think I have actually heard him even say his name, and it is Bautista. Um, Jeff Goldblum. Who else is in this? Zachary Quinto, who plays Mr. Spock on uh, Star Trek. Uh, There's a lot of pretty good... uh, actors actors and actresses in this uh one of the reasons I wanted to go see this is I I have decided that I'm pretty much going to watch anything that Batista see I called him Batista I'm just going to call him Batista it's easier than Bautista um but I really like him I like his charisma I like his look and I I especially after seeing him in um uh Blade Runner and in the that James Bond the the James Bond movie with um Daniel Craig uh as the Bond uh heavy villain kind of guy um i kind of want to watch all the shit that he's going to be in or that he is in but one thing that intrigued me about this was i was like okay wait a minute Jodie Foster is a really good actress and she's been acting forever she's like a couple years older than me uh, which they kept making fun, or uh, making it a point that she... I think she played older. She's playing probably about maybe 10 years older than what she actually is. Because uh, they kept talking about her age, and I looked her up, and I was like, well, wait, you know, because I kept thinking, okay, when I was a kid, Jodie Foster was a kid, and I was watching her in the movies, and then I looked her up, and I was like, she's only a couple years older than me, and she's definitely playing older in this. Um, but... Sterling K. Brown, yeah, he was in this. He was like one of the main guys in it, and he was really good. He plays Waikiki. <laughs> each person has the, the in the um, hotel. Uh, they have different rooms, like um, Oh um, Honolulu, Niagara, Waikiki, Acapulco, and so each person, since they they don't say their names, uh, they they go by that. Uh, I don't think any of them have any real names um but i can see where i think ken uh good friend ken of the show ken good friend of the show (laughs) went to see this and he did say that uh he had heard that this was kind of like a a spiritual cousin i don't think he used those words but those are the words i'm using to describe what he was saying of john wick uh because in john wick and the um in the uh, world that John Wick lives in they have like the you know the hotel where all the assassins go and you can't there's house rules like you can't kill anybody uh, there and they have like a cleanup crew and all this shit and everything and you pay with these gold coins it sort of has that feel because this hotel is a place that all these you know criminals that are members of this hotel uh, can go and get patched up and treated by a doctor if something would happen um but like i said uh, i kept thinking man you know jodie foster usually would not be in a shitty movie i was gonna say a shitty like straight to dvd action movie or something but even just a shitty movie she picks really interesting and good projects so that's one thing that drew me to this, and it does seem like it has a pretty good cast, so I went to see it, and I thought it was really good. Um, I think, I again, I went to see this one at like a 10.30 in the morning showing, so I was the only one in the theater again, just like with Superfly, but I thought this was really good, and I enjoyed it, and I got online and recommend it to everybody. Um, good movie. Now I went to the big budget summer blockbuster, uh, Solo, a Star Wars story from 2018, and this was directed by Ron Howard and written by Jonathan Kasdan and Lawrence Kasdan, <clears throat> starring Alden, Aaron er- Reich, uh, Woody Harrelson, Amelia Clark. I, to be honest with you and you know we all have our opinions and everything donald glover is also in this as Landau carlisian paul bettany john favreau i did not realize well he's a, a voice actor in this but i did not realize it was him linda hunt another voice actress did not realize that it was her uh, until just now uh, i enjoyed the shit out of this i thought it was really good um I saw Star Wars in 1977 in the fucking theater. I remember seeing the goddamn trailer for it when my dad uh, took my sister and I to go see a movie and just the trailer for the original Star Wars. I was like, oh my God, look at that. You know, it's, Jesus, look at that. You know, because it was just flashes of different things, Wookiees and and, uh, Stormtroopers and Darth Vader and his armor and nothing like nothing we had ever seen before. And I saw it uh, when it first came out and Empire Strikes Back and then, you know, I've been a pretty vocal uh, critic of everything after Empire Strikes Back. Uh, Did not really like uh, the Ewok movie. Did not like that George Lucas started renaming the fucking movies, you know. Star Wars became Star Wars Four: A New Hope or whatever and you know, I was like, well, wait a minute, when I saw this in the theater, it was just called Star Wars there was no New Hope, there was no 4 and then, well, because of the time, you know, timeline, then we do the, the prequels, which makes the first one 4, and I did not think the prequels, really any of them were that good, I really like Ewan McGregor, which everybody knows I like him, but I just didn't think really that any of those movies were anything more than just average um I've liked every one of the new ones since George Lucas has gotten out of the way, and I thought this was really good, and I thought uh, that this uh, Alden Ehrenreich, who played uh, Han Solo, was excellent. I thought uh, Donald Glover as Lando Calrissian was excellent. I thought Woody Harrelson was really good in this, and I did not even know he was in it. Um, I enjoyed the shit out of it. I thought it was done uh, uh, it stayed true to me to the han solo character and all the other characters and again i can't wait to see you know i hope it did well enough uh there's just so many people that started shitting on it i don't know why they were shitting on it i have no idea i haven't delved into what their problems were or anything um i've almost gotten burned out on people that just shit on things and that just nitpick the fuck out of everything um But, like I said, I thought this was really good. And I hope they make more with uh, Alden Ehrenreich and Lando Calrissian. And, you know, uh, the end of this one, I was like, fuck yeah. Uh, (laughs) uh, uh, The uh, Marvel movies have gotten me, I would never, in the old days... I would never sit through... I had friends that would actually sit through the entire uh, credits at the end of the movie uh, and listen to the music and look at the credits and everything. And I'm like, why are we sitting here? Uh, the Marvel movies have actually gotten me where... It doesn't matter what I go see in the theater. I sit there thinking that there might be something extra. And some of these goddamn credits take forever, especially ones with uh, that have a lot of... Um, Uh, CGI and a lot of special effects Uh, and it's kind of funny if you've never sat there and read the uh, credits where you see like limo drivers and bologna sandwich makers and uh, eyebrow pluckers and shit like that but anyway Star Wars or Solo a Star Wars story I thought was excellent and uh, after I saw it I was like man I'd go see that again same thing with Hotel Artemis I'd go see that again Um, and that Hotel Artemis did have some stuff uh i think either through the i think through the credits i don't think it went all the way to the end of the credits for new stuff uh watch 2016 another r-rated movie <gasps> oh, maybe we should censor this because it might be getting i might be a little this this podcast might be a little too adult uh watch moonlight from 2016 uh written and directed by barry jenkins uh the story was by um uh, well, I say written, uh, the screenplay was by also by Barry Jenkins. Uh, the story was actually written by Terrell Alvin McCarney. Um, this stars Mah- Mahershala Ali, Naomi Harris, Trevante Rhodes. Um, Loaf had seen this a long time ago, and I think he talked about it on the show. And I remember him saying he really liked it, and Uh, recommending it um it popped up on itunes and i think this i don't know if this was a 99 cent rental i cannot remember but uh for some reason i don't know why i kept thinking that this was a foreign film um but goddamn, i thought it was so good i really enjoyed it i thought that the story there were several times in this movie where um you know uh got a little dust in my eye um and now that I think about it, uh, when I was thinking about some of those Linklater movies, um, this one kind of has that same spirit where it goes through uh, several generations of this young kid's life. Uh, so you have three different actors playing the same part. and um, But I thought this was really good. I had no idea what it was about I'll, other than I remember Loaf saying it was about this kid living, uh, you know, his, his life growing up and, you know, it was kind of a hard life and all this and that, and, um, that it was a good movie. And I'm so glad that I finally got to watching it. Uh, this was a superb movie and a big recommend. Um, and I would, I want to watch this one again too. I, I, again, this is, I'm getting away from buying, uh, d v ds but there still are some movies if i on iTunes if i you know when they first come out some of them are nineteen ninety nine or fourteen ninety nine or something like that and then after they've been out for a while, they'll have them on there for like maybe nine ninety nine some of them they'll they'll have for like seven ninety nine and the rental on them is maybe three ninety nine so it's was like well, fuck might as well buy it so this is one I would not mind um Buying, and I would definitely recommend for everybody to watch. I thought it was excellent. Oh, another summer blockbuster, another R-rated movie uh, for Doctor Zom, sitting at the big, the big uh, people's table, the adult table. I watched Deadpool 2, uh, directed by David Leach, written by Rhett Reese and Paul Wernick, starring Ryan Reynolds, Josh Brolin marina Bakarin. uh who else is in this dig because i want to see who plays some of these people that i uh tj miller uh who plays weasel in this and from what i understand won't be in any more movies he did some things uh in his in his real life that were not good and i cannot remember what it was like uh If it was something about calling in bomb threats or threatening somebody or something, he did something that was kind of bad and nasty. Uh, Marina, I already said her, who plays Vanessa, who is hot. Josh Brolin. Uh, Domino was played by Zazie Beetz. She was really good. Um, The Deadpool movies, you just kind of have to take them for what they are because he's such a simple bastard and when I say simple I don't mean like uh, a simple character he's just goofy and you know you break the fourth wall and the third wall and the fifth wall and everything else Uh, and it is very adult humor there's some some stuff in this uh, and in the first one kind of uh, I I don't know if I want to say frat boy humor but stuff like that you know it's kind of just kind of uh, oh, they, did, they didn't go there, but they just did. Uh, I the One thing, I, I wish they would have had more uh, Negasonic Teenage Warhead because I thought she was excellent in the first one and I wanted to see more of her in this one. Uh, but you kind of see her grow up from the first one to this one because I was like, is that the same fucking person? Because, of course, in the first one she was a lot younger and in this one she is definitely getting... Older, more mature looking and looks good. Um, I thought this was funny and it's got, uh, you know, just a shitload of action, a shitload of those uh, Deadpool, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if Ryan Reynolds (laughs) did write a shitload of this stuff because he's kind of a goofy bastard too. Uh, And, um, but of course I have read uh, a lot of the, you know, at first Daredevil, or Daredevil, Have I been saying Daredevil this whole time? Deadpool at first was just this badass mercenary assassin guy. And I can't remember when he started becoming like breaking the third wall and being just like this kind of... Crazy, funny, lunatic kind of a guy. But anyway, I enjoyed this, and you know, there are some people that said, you know, like Cable. Hey, Josh Brolin. Josh Brolin is kind of a shorter guy, and you know, Cable's always portrayed in the comics as being this kind of a, you know, big badass guy and everything. But they they deal with that, and uh, it's kind of like in uh, Solo. They have those little nods, like, um, well, I don't want to say, because some of the little things that they say and talk about that uh, relate to. Uh, the older movies, or in the case of Deadpool 2, uh, that relate to some of the stuff in the comics and how people are perceived, and you know some of the little inside jokes—they're there for a reason. And I don't want to spoil it for anybody. Deadpool 2, I thought was good. Dig it. Oh, I went the wrong way. I went back to Moonlight. <laughs> I just broke the fourth wall. <laughs> uh, Lego DC Superheroes, Justice League, Gotham City Breakout. Uh, I have never watched a Lego movie. I know loaf has watched them and has talked about them on the show and says he enjoys them. So since I like a lot of the, you know, comic book stuff, uh, I decided to watch a couple of these Lego, um, um, comic book movies. And I was telling somebody, you know, if they, if they thought that they were disappointed with the justice league, um, movie, with Ben Affleck and uh Jason Momoa and whoever else. Um I said, you know, if you want to actually see, you know, there are good Justice League movies out there and I posted the uh, you know, Lego Justice League movies. They're fucking funny as shit and they're done so well and there's little jokes and little funny things and and how the the characters act and everything. It's just spot on uh for, you know, if you're if you like these kind even if you don't read comics and you, you don't even have to have kids. I was going to say if you have kids. Kids will love this. But even if you don't have kids and you just like funny stuff. There's just such... There's so much fun. Um, they're the kind of... Um, kind of like animated movies that uh, they made back in the day. Um, like when they would say like Bugs Bunny or things like that that were shown as shorts before a... Um, major mainstream film or the the ones that were made back in the day that were made for uh, actually so that parents would enjoy them too with inside things that parents would know and laugh at that uh, would keep them entertained that the kids might not necessarily get that's the way this is and they're, they're just done so well I mean all the voices everybody that plays you know different people and everything the voice actors are all just fucking fantastic the little clip the little clip clop sounds when they when the Lego people are running uh, or something gets blown up and all the little Lego things like a building you know they're all the Lego pieces and just the sounds that are that are made and everything are just perfect. It's really fun. Uh, the other one that I watched was uh, Lego DC Superheroes Justice League Attack of the Legion of Doom. This was also just just they're just so. F- I mean, honestly, God, I can't tell you how much fun they are, and how funny they are, and enjoyable. They just make you want to smile. Just I'm just thinking about it, you know. And this one actually has Mark Hamill in it as the Trickster. Uh, so there's a little a little inside joke thing going on there, which was excellent. Uh, again, just like I said about the other ones, all the all the. Um, all the um, voice actors are just fantastic the the people that came up with this and that put it together and that do all the animation and everything are are just fantastic I, I give th- uh, four thumbs up to to both of these and I want to watch more of these Lego uh, I'm, I'm curious if um, I will like any of uh, like like ones that don't involve characters that I already know so I might check out some other ones just to see uh, how I like them uh, dee dee dee. I watched uh, 1992. Okay, now we're slipping back in time. And it's a PG-13 movie. Buffy the Vampire Slayer from 1992. And this stars the beautiful, uh, vivacious Christy Swanson. Donald Sutherland. Uh, Rutger Hauer. Luke Perry. Hilary Swank. David Arquette. Ugh. <laughs> He's good at this. I mean, uh, I shouldn't say anything. I thought Candy Clark from uh, American Graffiti. Uh, who else is it? Pee Wee Herman, Paul Rubin, uh, you know, Paul Rubens. Pee Wee Herman isn't in this, but, uh, Paul Rubin says, uh, this is just a lot of fun. This is another one that, uh, you know, you watch, uh, with, uh, the glasses of a time capsule and it's just done. It's not done in a serious way. I never watched the series with Sarah Michelle Galar. Uh, this was written by Josh Whedon and directed by Fran Rubel Kuzui. Um, but I had a lot of fun with this. It's one that you can't—you just don't take seriously. Um, just all the how all the characters are. I don't know if I would say tongue—it's tongue and it's, tongue it's not tongue and cheek. It just doesn't take itself seriously, so you shouldn't either. And like I said, Christy Swanson is just uh, she's perfect for the part in this movie. Um, I'm assuming that the one with Sarah Michelle Geller is more serious or darker or something. I don't know. This is not dark at all. It's just a fun movie. I had never seen it. Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Christy Swanson again. Oh, my gosh. And then, of course, I get online and look up her Playboy stuff, and she just was, oh, oh my God. I think we covered her in that um, Charlie Sheen movie where her and Charlie Sheen are on the run. (laughs) I I, I, I know that either I or Loaf posted a picture of her i think we were at a wrestling convention or something maybe we were at the wrestling convention in charlotte and it was on tv and we were in the room eating like pigs uh me chomping on fucking uh um, well it depends on the day either the best chicken wings i ever had or if it was a the next night the most disappointing chicken wings i ever had from the same place um but anyway christy swanson oh my god Whew. Um, I got caught up on, well, not completely caught up, uh, this, the uh, um, second season of Legion on uh, FX, which stars Dan Stevens, uh, Rachel Keller, Aubrey Plaza. Who else is in this? I want to give a shout out to Dan Stevens, as excellent as David Haller, a.k.a. Legion. Uh, Rachel Keller is just so beautiful. Uh, she plays Sid Barrett, who is basically a carbon copy of the um, X-Men character Rogue, but it's a different character. Aubrey Plaza is fantastic as Lenny Buck Busker. Uh, let's see, who else are these people in here? I've never, I don't think I've ever looked up their names. Uh, Carrie Loudermilk plays Amber Midthund- or Mid Thunder, and she's excellent. I love that character. She's such a badass. Uh, Jeremy Harris. There's a lot of these people in here that are not, um i'm not familiar with even though i read the x-men comics uh but i think this kind of takes place in its own world uh of course i know who uh amal farouk is uh and uh, uh navid nengaban uh plays amal farouk and he is excellent uh who else Anyway, but I was going through the cast list, which is probably boring for Yun's guys. Uh, Legion, again, is really good. The second season, I have not just devoured. Uh, I know they're going to do a third season. Uh, I This one, I just have not been watching that many TV shows because I kind of got out. You know how for the longest time, I never watched any series, and I was just watching movies all the time, and people would be talking about these series. Then when Netflix started doing the Netflix Instant where you could download the shows to your iPad, started getting into all these series. And then for some reason here lately, I've been going back to watching movies, and I'm getting behind on my fucking series. So Legion is one that I have to watch at home while I'm sitting in the chair, and usually I am either wanting to go to sleep, eating, or working out or doing something, and or just watching youtube and listening to re- or watching wrestling or something like that. So I actually have to sit down and watch Legion. I've got prob I don't know how many more episodes I got of this season, maybe just a couple. But um again, I have not what's this? Oh, just an email that popped up. Um so anyway, I definitely recommend this again. Uh the first season again, I think was uh, I shouldn't say a lot better. But, because um, it was so different, this one is, again, has a lot of that. But it's not, uh, I'm not sure if I should say it's not as good. Man, there's a couple of things that happened in this season where I was just like, oh my God, that just kind of creeped me out and chilled me to the bone. But uh, I, I, as I say this, I ought need to go in there and maybe watch a couple episodes or at least one. Uh, I think the last time I watched one was the last time I recorded and was saying, hey, I watched Legion. Um, I watched uh, Before We Go from 2014, PG-13, directed by Chris Evans, a.k.a. Captain America, uh, written by, let's see, the screenplay was written by Ronald Bass and Jen Smolka. And it stars Chris Evans, Alice Eve, Emma Fitzpatrick. It's mostly uh, Chris Evans and Alice Eve through the entire movie. Um, Kind of like uh, the Linklater movie with uh, Ethan Hawke, where it's just the two people throughout the whole movie. That's what this is. It takes place over, you know, a night. Uh, Chris Evans is a musician uh, who has had something happen in his personal life. And it's one of those ones that... It's kind of like one of those things that um, if you have a breakup or you're alone or something like that, and you just wish that something would just happen where, you know, you're just doing your usual thing and feeling down and blue or whatever, and then you're Something happens where you're just kind of thrown together with somebody or you just meet somebody and you just kind of, um, I don't know if I would say click, but circumstances throw you together with somebody and it's almost like, oh, you know, eh, I don't know how to explain it. But somebody recommended this to me and I, honest to God, I'm no disrespect to them because... I cannot remember. It was on Gentleman's Guide to Midnight Cinema. Somebody recommended this to me. Uh, I think I may have mentioned that uh, I really like Alice Eve and um, and of course uh, everybody knows that I'm I I've Chris Evans in when he was coming up and just playing the kind of Ryan Reynolds kind of parts in uh, was it Van Wilder was Ryan Reynolds. I'm thinking about like the um, the parody movies uh you know it's kind of like i just kind of i kind of put him in the same uh pile or in the same kind of uh, circle as ryan reynolds but then I, I liked him in losers even though he was playing that sort of character the funny kind of and and the sort of the same character that he played in the fantastic four movie um um when he played Johnny Storm, the kind of goofy, funny, kind of uh, always wisecracking kind of guy, and then when he started playing Captain America, and then in Snowpiercer, I really was like, man, I really like this guy. Number one, he's good looking. He's got a lot of charisma, but he, I, he can really play a, um, uh, uh, an emotion, a, a, a good. Uh, emotional, you know, character that has you know some depth instead of just playing the quick-witted, funny guy, which he's good at that. But you know, that's kind of you, you know gets you typecast. I'm running over my goddamn headphone cord, so I hope that okay, it's still recording. I was gonna say I hope I don't get a short in the fucking headphone. I did that one time before, a long time ago and fucked the damn headphones up um but anyway i think maybe where we were talking about this on gentleman's guide i had posted uh that i had watched fantastic four rise of the silver surfer and um that I actually enjoyed it and, you know, it's not the greatest fucking movie in the world, blah, 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 blah and we started talking about Chris Evans and, uh, you know, I think I might have even mentioned something about Captain America and we started talking about Snowpiercer and everything and somebody recommended this to me and again, I wish I could remember exactly who it was so I could give them a shout out on here because I thank them for recommending this to me. Uh, This is uh, definitely a movie you could take your lady to. but uh, I enjoyed it. It's shot really well. It looks for the cinematography and everything's really well. I thought they that these two had a lot of chemistry. I think that Alice Eve would have been a better Sue Storm in the Fantastic Four movies than Jessica Alba. Uh, but again, um, I'm glad I watched it. I thought it was pretty good. And uh, Chris Evans, it, um, you know, I think he could be a talented uh, director. He did a good job. So. And I love Alice Eve. I love her. (laughs) Another R-rated movie that I watched from 2017, The Forgiven, uh, directed by Roland uh, Joffe, and uh, written by Michael Ashton and Roland Joffe, and it stars Forrest Whitaker and Eric Bana. I enjoyed this, and when I first saw the trailer for it, I wanted to watch it because I have been very interested in um a lot of the stuff that went on during uh, apartheid in south africa and i have actually sat and watched a lot of the um news um videos and stuff like that on uh youtube and uh different news coverage of the different days that have went by that went by ...during the Truth Commission hearings... ...and also read about a lot of the... um, ...a lot of the security and police... uh, ...I don't even... ...I was going to say people... ...but uh, some of these people... ...I don't even know if I would... ...they're almost... ...they're like, you know, just sociopathic uh, torturers... ...killers... Um, ...but then again you can kind of put them in the same league with uh like nazi ss gestapo guys but also with some of the people in the united states uh just corrupt police corrupt military that uh go too far and that use uh the corruption and the uh politics of the time to really just be brutalized and and you know people and everything uh and then watching like dry white season with marlon brando and donald sutherland or um oh uh mabutu and um what was the other one that was a good south african movie there was one with um michael Caine, and god i'm trying to think if it was sydney poitier uh, there's been several different ones, and you know that that uh, almost kind of passed me by. I remember mostly uh, the apartheid stuff in South Africa when when it was getting just tons of exposure and people were really shining a a bright light on it. When uh, um, you know a lot of the MTV the the music stars you know were coming out saying we're not going to play Sun City. Um, in South Africa anymore. We're not going to give them any money until they get rid of this apartheid government, uh, which put a lot of uh, pressure on them. Uh, Nelson Mandela, uh, you know, put a lot of pressure on them of him getting out of prison and, you know, them having elections and stuff like that. Plus then the, the documentaries, uh, um, Oh, what's The Leader, the Driver, and the Driver's Wife uh, by Nick uh, Broomfield. Uh, there was a couple documentaries that he did about um, um, Eugene Terre Blanche, uh, who led a right-wing, uh, you know, white supremacist movement in South Africa. There the Leader, the Driver, and the Driver's Wife. And the other one was get on here because i've talked about these before but i just want to give the names up because they're really good nick broomfield does a, a really good job of uh uh on these documentaries <says> i want to I, I should get on i should uh, look up some more of his documentaries uh see if i can find any other ones that are really good the Leader, His Driver, and the Driver's Wife. That was 1991. And uh, there was another one where they went back. Oh, His Big White Self, uh, which was from 2006. Another really good one. If you want to watch uh, two really good documentaries about um, white supremacy and, apar- and apartheid in South Africa. And then, of course, he did uh, the uh Kurt and Courtney documentary, and uh Biggie and Tupac, Eileen uh Life and Death of a Serial Killer. Uh so there's some other ones here I want to check out check out. Um God he did one about Sarah Palin, you betcha. <laughs> but anyway, I I like it. I i like uh the documentaries that I have seen about him so far or that he has done so far. But that goes back to the forgiven, which uh I think, um, of course, you have Desmond Tutu, Archbishop Desmond Tutu, who was a real character, a real person, uh, played by Forrest Whitaker, and he does an excellent job. Forrest Whitaker's a good actor, but uh, he kind of, with a little bit of uh, makeup and some, you know, they, where they change his nose and everything, he looks like Desmond Tutu. Uh, and then Eric Bana plays Piet Blomfeld. And I looked this up, and I was thinking that since Desmond Tutu was, um, a real person that, uh, Piet Blomfeld, uh, was, maybe he was a real person, but from what I found, I'm going to check it out right now. Again, uh, I think that he is a kind of a, a mashup of several different, uh, character or real people. Um, but this m- movie was based on a play, um, I think, called The Archbishop and the Antichrist. And let me look this up real quick, because I don't think that he was a real character. I think he was probably, again, like a mashup of, um, of um, what the hell was that fucker's name? They called him Prime Evil. Jesus Christ, now I can't remember what his name is. Um, anyway, I believe that I am correct about boot that. Truth and Reconciliation Commission and visits to Cape Town's Palsmore Maximum Security Prison, where he met Piet Blomfeld, an ex-South African Defense Force officer and Afrikaner Wurstan Wedgie member. Um, Again, this is a pretty good movie, and if you really get into um, some of the some of the real life people and characters, uh, Eugene De uh, who is the person I was thinking of when I was, uh, watching Eric Bana. Um, and he was the, uh, police colonel and assassin and, you know, just brutal piece of shit, uh, that they called primeval. And then there was another guy, um, that, um, there were several of them because they had like a almost like a death squad that were going around South Africa and uh pick, kidnapping people uh that were you know they deemed politically unworthy and they would take them out uh to this farm um that they had uh where they would take people out there and torture them and murder them and then after they did all this, they would have a big barbecue and uh you know including they killed some of their own uh, fellow policemen who they thought might expose them or that weren't that did not go along with the plan. Uh I, th- I may have talked about this on another show, but there was another guy and I cannot remember what his name was, but one of his things was um I don't know if it was this Dirk Kohtsea. Uh one of his things was when he would kill people he would dress like a priest, like when he was torturing him and stuff like that, which is pretty this that just goes to show you like how uh, some of the, some of the, uh, ways and some of the things that these people did that they were like, you know, sociopathic, psychopathic, fucking just, uh, evil, like animals that should be either be put under a jail or, you know, I'm not for capital punishment, but you know, the, the emotions that, that come up, uh, if you watch like dry white season, they only, they, they show like maybe like one, uh, uh, or Stander with um, what's his name that Will and Sammy interviewed that played the Punisher Jesus Christ <laughs> uh, they, they, Thomas Jane um, again that took place in South Africa uh, but there the um, some of the movies that um, Dry White Season and some of the other ones um, that show some of the brutality. I remember Dry dry White Season, there was only like one scene where Jürgen Prognow who plays one of these guys uh, somebody opens a door that they shouldn't open at the police station and it's just like, oh my god, it's one of those it's just like a flash and he's like, close that door! And what you see just fucking it's just so uh, uh, disturbing, you know. So anyway, uh The Forgiven. I recommend people watch this. I thought it was pretty good. I thought it was one of Eric Bana's uh best performances. Dig it. I'd like to see that play. Uh Watch Boyhood, uh Richard Linklater written and directed movie. Um uh, going through the Richard Linklater and I still have to say um I I still do not um uh, watch, uh What was that movie called that he did that everybody fucking loves that i don't like everybody wants some the spiritual sequel to dazed and confused i'm telling you i love dazed and confused all these movies that um let me look, let me look through link later's uh shit here and see what ones that i like um i love dazed and confused uh before sunrise i really like that suburbia i don't think i saw that newton boys i missed that one um school of rock i did not see that before the sunset i really like that uh bad news bears i saw the original i didn't see the other one uh ta-ta-ta. me and orson wells i saw that i really like that um before Midnight I really like that. Boyhood, which I'm getting ready to talk about, I really liked it. Everybody wants some. I just did not like. I didn't think it was that great I thought it was. I could see the connection with Dazed and Confused and you know and everything, but uh Dazed and Confused I just thought was just so spot on and everything and maybe Everybody wants some I just thought I didn't think it was very um I didn't feel like I was seeing anything new other than, you know, I could, I could watch it and say, okay, when I was in college, okay, dazed and confused. when I watched it, it reminded me so much of high school and, and I just thought it was spot on with how things were back then and everything. Um, everybody wants some, if I watch that, I guess I can say that about how it it's, um, take on how college was but I didn't see anything in it that I was just like that I thought was anything new or different or that that um you know Dazed and Confused when I watched it I was like man this is just fucking right on it's so well done all the actors in it were great and they did such a good job of portraying what high school was like and everything uh even you know my my time in high school was probably ten years after that, but it was a lot of the same. And uh, but everybody, once some um, was just kind of like, okay, like he was just doing the same thing again with college. But I, I number one, I didn't think any of the, I didn't connect with any of the characters in it, and I didn't like, I didn't really connect or like, or I don't think any of the actors in it stood out at all. Uh, Whereas in *Days and Confusion*, you have Ben Affleck, uh, I'm trying to think of Matthew McConaughey, uh, fucking uh, Pink Floyd, <laughs> and, you know, all the, you know, all their friends and all this stuff. Uh, but um, even the you know the girls in that and everything. But in this one, there was nobody in it that that I've I couldn't tell you anybody in it. I couldn't tell you right now anybody uh, any scenes in it that I thought okay. I remember the guy hitting the baseball with an axe uh, and. The one guy that was kind of a. The pitcher that was like a John Rocker kind of a guy that was kind of an asshole. Uh, but really nothing in it that really, you know, Daisy Confused, I could tell you scene after scene after scene that I was like, oh yeah, remember this, remember that, remember when the guy picks a fight with him at the fucking keg party, and they chase the kids, and the paint with Ben Affleck, and the paddling, and the girls fucking uh, hazing the other girls, and blah 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 blah, and blah blah blah, okay, anyway, but Boyhood was really good. Uh, again, um, I like that the concept and i i think that um i was thinking that oh what's to call it um where am i at here moonlight i believe that i read that the director of that actually wanted to do it like a link later movie where he did it over a period of time maybe using the same guy the same actor and shooting it over like um 20 years or fucking 30 years or whatever but um link later you know i like how in the movies with um ethan hawk uh that they did you know 10 years then 10 years later then 10 years later and that they had the same you know two characters same two actors and you see how they uh grow not only as characters, but as, as the actors grow in age and everything and boyhood, uh, they do the same thing, but in the same movie where you see the little, the little boy. And then, you know, he's going through grade school and then high school and, uh, growing up and, you know, getting in his, you know, formative years or whatever. Uh, I really liked it about uh, Patricia Arquette. I just love her. Uh, Ethan Hawke again in this, uh, I have gotten over my Ethan Hawke hatred after his whole, um, shit with uh uma thurman <laughs> which you know but um i really liked him in these link later movies I, th- I think he's really good and i i really liked his character in this i liked the um um uh elar coltrane who plays mason i thought he did an excellent job uh i i really enjoyed this one just as much as i enjoyed the you know after midnight before uh sunrise blah 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 blah. uh and uh i i i love the artistic idea um and and i i think to myself okay what what would they have done would it have been as compelling and as good in any of these movies, say if something would have happened to Ethan Hawke or something would have happened to, uh, Elar Coltrane or Patricia Arquette or Ethan Hawke in this one where they couldn't film or one of them died or something, or I guess they would have written them and said, you know, I I don't think that it would have worked if they would have, um, say something happened to Ethan Hawke in this movie, uh, or in one of the other ones. Uh, I don't think that they would have recast, I think it would have been better to say, you know, that he passed away or whatever and have them deal with uh, like Patricia Arquette finding out that he had passed away or uh, the, the, the boy in this one. I mean, if he would have some if something would have happened to him like that or say he just was like, fuck, I don't want to do this acting shit anymore. I just don't want to do it. You know, then I guess the the fucking movie would have been over. I don't know. But it it brings up, it reminds me of the wrestling thing uh, where you see several of these uh, big wrestling events in the 70s. They would say, okay, (coughs) we're drawing all these people and we're having to turn away people at the door. So why don't we have one of these giant wrestling events at an outdoor stadium? like a baseball stadium or a football stadium. And then inevitably they'd have one of these motherfuckers and it would fucking pour down the rain and they'd have like a goddamn thunderstorm or something. Uh, it makes you wonder, like, what if, you know, uh, it's like um, Murphy's Law or whatever, if something could go wrong, you know. Uh, but it didn't, I don't think. Um, and like I said, uh, you you just feel like you really just grow to know these characters Especially as you're seeing them grow and age over time, the actors and everything. Uh would would they ever do another one like uh of boyhood where, you know, uh, uh Mason is middle age and Patricia Arquette is in her 50s or whatever you know who knows that would be kind of cool i don't know if uh even the uh before sunrise or after sunset or blah 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 whatever the, all the three different ones there if they would ever want to do another one of those you know down the road when they're in their 50s or 60s who knows but it would be interesting uh i'd watch it uh of course and again i i may have talked about this in the other uh episode the last one but uh definitely i just spoke about it uh when I was talking about um, Chris Evans and um, as Fantastic Four Rise of the Silver Surfer. Again, I watched this again. It's definitely a flawed movie, but I am a big Fantastic Four fan. And uh, although, you know, the last one they made was... uh, (laughs) And the casting in this was, um, you know, like I said, Jessica Alba didn't do a bad job of acting, but she just doesn't look right. Uh, she's uh, it's almost like the Jason Momoa thing Jessica Alba is dark skin uh, dark hair and everything and then when they bleach her hair blonde and put blue contact lenses in her she looks kind of weird she's it just it just didn't fit i would think it would be easier to go out and just find somebody who fit the part uh you know and i'm not trying to be racist or anything like saying you know in the new one where they had uh, michael b jordan play johnny storm or something like that uh i don't know what the hell they're doing there or whatever but uh if it would have been a good movie i wouldn't give a fuck but it wasn't so you know why not shit on everything um <laughs> uh, that movie, I don't know what it was. This one was pretty true to the feel of the Fantastic Four. And um, the funny stuff in it is, is goofy, and but still kind of lighthearted and funny. But then the serious stuff was really good. And again, I think I did talk about this last time. And I remember now because I believe that I mentioned that um, I did not know until the last time I watched it that Lawrence Fishburne was the voice of Silver Surfer. So I learned that. Uh, so anyway, so that must mean that the show it might be over, uh, except we got to do some Dolph, uh, or Dolph, or Rolf. <laughs> and maybe there will be some Dolph emails. Uh, but one thing I was just looking here, because I did put this in here, was um, they're doing the remake, 2017. I guess they actually already shot it, because it's 2018 now. Um, uh, of Papillon with um, Remy Malik and Charlie Hunnam. And the one thing I wanted to comment on this is... Um, again if this is a good movie fuck it man that's cool i wanna i wanna see it and um if they have things in it from the book that the steve mcqueen dustin hoffman movie didn't have yeah i think that would be great too If, if if they um of course you know if you read about the the novel um there's a lot of people that say that uh, the real Papillon was full of shit and that a lot of this stuff didn't happen and that it was a compilation of, of things that he had heard and stories that he had heard about places that he was in prison and things like that, and he wrote this story and that a lot of it's fiction, even though it was taken as true. Um, maybe even if they dealt with that a little bit, uh, in almost like a, the I still haven't seen the movie Titanic, but I think that there's... From what I understand, there's parts of that that are kind of like that, where they tell the story, and then it's like, okay, wait a minute. <laughs> but um, I like both of these actors. Charlie Hunnam is one of those guys that, again, I've said before, they, they, Hollywood seems to be giving him a push, uh, a big push. And a lot of the movies that he, of course, Sons of Anarchy was excellent. He was the face of Sons of Anarchy. He was the star of it. But, uh, and... And I liked him in Pacific Rim, um, The Lost World of Zed, I think is what that other one was called. I didn't think that was a bad movie or anything, but I just. uh, And he was good in Green Street Hooligans, uh, which was a long time ago, seems like. Um, But so far, he hasn't had a real. uh, Other than Pacific Rim, I don't think. He's had a movie that was like a really, you know, where he really shined and it was like, oh my God, yeah, you know, like Chris Evans and Snowpiercer. He's kind of still stuck in the, in the Chris Evans, not the funny Chris Evans, but it's just, you know, a, a, he's not playing anything that was really, you know, that, that he really stands out as a, you know, an awesome movie with an awesome actor or whatever, um, like Steve McQueen and Papillon. Steve McQueen was not a great actor, I don't think. But he just had it. He had that charisma. And in the right movies and stuff, it's like, damn, Steve McQueen. You know, motherfucker. like Almost like Charles Bronson. Um, but the thing I wanted to comment on this was people were just, you know, kind of say, unnecessary remake. Unnecessary remake. Well, again, I will go watch this. If it sucks, I'll say it sucks. If it doesn't suck, and it's and and it's, I'll, I'll call it like I see it. But my thing is this: that some people need to remember is there's a generation of people that don't even know who the fuck Steve McQueen is, and there's a generation of people that have never seen the original Papillon and that would never that will probably never see it. Definitely not on the big screen. Uh, you know, you might say, "Hey, dude, you need to check this out," and they might watch it and say. Well, that, you know, because we all look at things like, you know, all oh, this is this is a great fucking uh, uh, movie. It's a classic. You need to watch this. And they might watch it and be like, eh, you know, OK, I'll watch it. And they and it just might not hit with them. Whereas um, with these actors, especially with um, um, Rami Malek uh, from Mr. Robot uh, and he's playing Freddie Mercury, he's a, he's a star on the rise. He's there already, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, and uh, Charlie Hunnam, again, somebody that these young, this younger generation knows and can relate to and say, yeah, I, mean, I want to watch this. This might be badass. And some of the shit that maybe was a little bit hokey or whatever, uh, or that, that they, back when McQueen and Dustin Hoffman made their movie, that they couldn't show some of the more adult themes or some of the more... Um, violent uh or some of uh, the 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 making the the violence more realistic and shit like that where they can show more um you know look at some of the prison movies that they make these days that are just you're just like oh my god whereas they kind of had to tone that down now papillon the original did have some stuff in it you know uh that but but it couldn't go as far as they can today is what i'm trying to say so this one might be it it might not be as good as the original it may, you know who knows maybe it'll be fucking great who knows but like i said i I'm want to watch it because i'm a fan of the original and i want it to be good i want to see a remake that's excellent and again you have to look back at like uh magnificent seven i love that motherfucker but if i was back in the day you know and i saw seven samurai i'd be like Needless remake. uh, Unnecessary remake. Why should they make this fucking uh, one with Yule Brenner and Steve McQueen and Charles Bronson? Well, you know, nobody's going to beat fucking, uh, you know, uh, Seven Samurai. Blah, 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 blah. blah. But it ended up being good. So I want to check that one out. So I just wanted to comment on that. That's why I put that in there. (laughs) I think I talked about Hostiles and Annihilation. Probably in the last one. And Red Sparrow. So. Uh, just a quickie just in case I haven't read Sparrow I thought was better it wasn't great but I thought it was worth a watch Uh, and I like these espionage movies and Jennifer Lawrence to me I thought she looked great Uh, and I also liked um, Joe Edgerton and uh, Jeremy Irons and who were the there was a couple of people Uh, uh, Syrian Hines I like him in just about everything Uh, the little uh, Troika Cabal with uh, I think it was Jeremy Irons Um, Syrian Hines and there was another, of course, Charlotte Rampling. Nice cast. uh, Jolie Richardson, I like her too. So I like that one. Um, And Annihilation again. I think I already talked about these, so I hate to talk about them again. Uh, Annihilation I thought was good. I was a little bit confused uh, with some of the stuff uh, that happened because I was kind of like, okay, well, if this happened, then at the end, then why are these people blah, blah, blah. Anyway, it was creepy. That was another loaf recommendation. And uh, hostiles. Um, I will speak on this, and I said that I, I, I talked to... I don't know if I would say there was a dust up on the group um because i caught something after the fact and then it disappeared um where somebody commented that this this group all of a sudden if you don't agree with a review um uh, you're shit on or something like that i can't the exact quote um And what happened didn't have anything to do with disagreeing with a review. And I haven't spoken to the person about this because I was pissed off. Uh, But my pissed off did not uh, come out as a yelling at somebody or contacting them and saying fuck you or anything like that. Or um, my pissed off was just... You know, I didn't. I didn't want to say anything, and I didn't want to get into it. And I didn't want, to, you know, but I even sent loaf the post, and the person said something about you know disagreeing. I guess you can't fucking disagree with anybody on this or with somebody on this group anymore, or without getting shit on, or something like that, or blah 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 blah. And I didn't shit on anybody. I did not talk to anybody. I did not uh, respond, other than the person said something about this movie hostiles and about Rosamund Pike and that they laughed and said something about her character that she was not her character, but that Rosamund Pike was, you know, over the top or kind of goofy over the top or something like that in this movie. My response was, I imagine seeing, seeing, your entire family slaughtered before your eyes would make you be uh, possibly a little over the top. Or, it wasn't over the top, but it was something like that. Uh, How you... you, uh, I imagine seeing your entire family, including your children, including your infant baby, slaughtered before your very eyes and while you're holding your baby in your arms... Would probably uh, leave you being acting a little over the top or strange or something like that. Whatever they had said, and the resp- reply was, uh, "Maybe you should imagine having a sense of humor," or something like. I I I I'd, I'd have to look it up. But that was the thing. It wasn't. It wasn't a. Um, a, a person, me disagreeing with a person's review. The per, uh, the person said this, and I was just pointing out, you know, yeah, well, you know, her uh, Rosamund Pike was portraying this character as being, you know, like said over the maybe a little over the top, but in the movie, these men come and she's living with her husband, and her like two uh, like three kids and one of them is a baby and these men come and murder violently in front of her very eyes her husband and her two little kids run them down and murder them and just viciously slaughter them and she's holding her newborn baby in her arms and the baby has been dies in her arms and like i said i just said something like you know i i imagine that happening would would make you act that way and the response and and online i sh- i should take this into consideration that online uh when somebody types something sometimes it doesn't come off you might read it in um you might read it in in a way that um you're feeling that day but when i read that when i said uh, i imagine that you know that happening would would make you act crazy and over the top and when they put imagine having i, I read it like this try imagining having a sense of humor and this is a person that's been uh, you know on the group forever and you know knows but i took it as a really nasty snide assholeish response and I just bit my tongue. I showed the post to loaf and I didn't say anything and I didn't come out and say anything about it or anything like that or whatever. But, you know, then I I think, I don't know if I was getting ready to go to work or whatever. And I just saw this post and it was like, you know, I guess you can't say anything. On, you can't disagree with any, uh, with, uh, anybody about a movie on this group, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, what the fuck? And I went to work, and when I came back, not only was that post gone, but this person was gone, and all the posts that he posted were gone. So that's just something I want to comment on. Like I said, I don't... We agree, we disagree on movies all the time on the fucking group, and we're all friends and everything, but... And I, I don't mean to put this in a nasty way or anything, and like I said, I will even look at it that maybe when I I read it uh, in a way that when I read it, I read it as a really nasty, shitty thing, like a re- in, in a really nasty way. Try imagining having a sense of humor. And that's how I read it. And it pissed me fucking off. And, but again, showed it to Loaf. And that was the extent of my venting. Other than I thought, that this person was being nasty and so it pissed me off and I was like okay I'm going to I'm not commenting on their shit because I was like you know what the fuck fuck you now whatever happened happened like I said I don't know if they left the group or if they just blocked me or whatever I don't know but like I said I mean whatever uh, it's And I think most of you know, you know, uh, we're all friends and everything. And if uh, if I disagree on a movie, with it's Mark Wahlberg or fucking, you know, whatever, or something like that. And people even have teased me about, you know, you hate fucking Mark Wahlberg, or you hate this, or you hate that. And it's fine. But man, when if somebody like fucking, you know, maybe he thought I was being nasty to him, but I was just kind of. I had just watched this movie and I thought it was pretty I thought it was a good movie and I didn't see anything wrong and I just remember that scene as being just like I almost try and put myself in the place of that character <coughs> and I would think especially if you were a mother a woman and you were a mother of these children and you have this husband here that you that you love and you have your children that you love more than anything in the world because they're your children and you see them get slaughtered that you would be almost insane you know you would be you would it would if, for that moment or whatever or even for for the rest of your life it might it would probably make you crazy and you would probably act uh crazy and over the top and you know whatever I don't know why I just like I said uh, when I started recording I didn't even I thought to myself I'm not even going to mention this but that's the thing because when like I said when I saw the one post and I just saw it for a few seconds and then the person was gone deleted the post all their posts were gone like I said maybe they blocked me I don't know but it wasn't because I disagreed with their review of a film it was more, I was kind of pissed. So yeah, I wasn't commenting on any of their stuff, but there's other people in the group and other people that comment and everything like that. So, you know, and I would, and, and more than likely, like anything else, I would have gotten over it or whatever. But, you know, like I said, it was more like just kind of, I, I don't know if I would say hurt feelings, but, you know if you come, if you're, you know, like I said, I just kind of said, you know, I think that and I've said this, I'm repeating myself over and over, but the way that I read the post, like I said, I am. And I said, I imagine that seeing that happen would, would make you crazy and would make you probably act crazy and over the top. And they said, well, try imagining having a sense of humor. It just, like I said, how I just said that's in a snotty way. That's how I read it. And it, like I said, it pissed me off. So anyway, I'm not trying to be a dick to anybody or anything like that, you know, but if anybody else saw that post or saw what was going on, because like I said, I was clueless. I missed out on all that. I just happened to catch that before the person either left the group or blocked me or whatever. So anyway, you can disagree with me, but man, don't be fucking an asshole to me because I don't fucking, I will not, you know, yeah, I, I, I have a temper. Anyway, let's go to the inbox. <laughs> let's see, Rolf, sack feed, sack feed two. Okay, let's see which ones we got here. That that uh, let's see how much time we got. <laughs> if we could just cut this off and say, like, eh, oh man, we're two hours in for Rolf. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, let's get through some of these. I have um, Rolf sack the feet. Let me look at this one and see if we've already done these. See if it's the same one. And Loaf just sent it again so we wouldn't lose it. Me, Rolf. Okay, yeah, he he crossed out the ones that we have covered. Okay, TV. This is from Rolf. Uh, who has disagreed with me on stuff before, and I have not given him the cold shoulder. <laughs> let's see tv just finished twin peaks the return love it but wasn't too sure uh if i like how it ended i assume loaf are you even here did you even bother <laughs> has seen it and might have an opinion if not uh he's not here i assume zom uh have you watched uh the old seasons share your opinions on the show and um if you haven't watched it are you playing okay uh, the New Twin Peaks, The Return, I have not watched. I don't know if Loaf has watched it or not. I uh, know that he has watched the old one, and I have watched the old show and Firewalk with me. Now, the movie. Um, I liked the first season of the original series. I remember watching the second season, and I don't think I watched it all the way through because I watched Firewalk with me a long time ago. And so I know who the killer is and all that shit. Okay. After they revealed the killer, who the killer was, um, I didn't think the second season was very good. Um, and I remember God, that one scene, and I know they did it on purpose where they were singing <laughs> and I can't remember who the characters were now because I haven't seen it in so long. But, uh, um, The kind of rebel guy and uh, the girl, I think, I don't know if there were two girls and the rebel, and they were listening to a record and they were singing it and it was so horrible, but I know they did it because it would be horrible. And the guy started singing in this real high pitched voice. Uh, The second season I thought sucked. I don't know if I will watch the new one or not. Um, If you loved it, well, then maybe I will watch it because... I'm curious. It's kind of like the Linklater things. Uh, I like these ones where they go back and you see these characters and these people after they've aged. So maybe I will watch it. Uh, I'll have to go sit at my uh, for my uh, table. Its color is green in my kitchen. Anyway, sports. Give the most memorable wrestling match you have ever seen. Was it f- uh, for the show element or for the wrestling skills? most memorable wrestling match i have ever seen my god okay well most of i'll tell you what there's there's two different things here for me um i love the spectacle of it uh and the carnival circus-like atmosphere and the characters that were gimmicks when i grew up we got uh this wrestling from detroit michigan and it was kind of like at the end of this um end of an era because well the end of an era for a while or for definitely for this promotion what i'm saying is because i was just thinking wwf with hulk hogan and all those characters that they had like brutus the barber beefcake uh i'm trying to think of some of the the mounty uh the big boss man and some of those characters jimmy superfly Snuka. they in, in there they still had the carnival like atmosphere and the characters in the promotion that i grew up watching when i was a wee little kid um you had um the wolfman uh who was this canadian wrestler that had like a, a furry loincloth and furry boots and real long hair and a big long beard uh you had the bear man or i think it was he went as bear man but he was um the wild man and he was kind of sort of like the same kind of guy Uh, He wore wrestling tights, but he had long hair, long bushy hair and everything. And he was from Canada, but they called, they called him the bear man, not on the show. He was wild man. Um, But he was the guy that actually had one of the wrestling bears and he would go from town to town and they would have a wrestler wrestle the real life bear that would have a muzzle on. Uh, His wife actually got killed uh, by one of the bears. I can't remember which one it was. Uh, they had this bear and they lived in Canada and had this big house and everything and uh, out in the, out in the woods. And I think that he, uh, the bear just kind of like ran loose all the time. And it was like their pet. And it, I think it would hibernate under the the porch in the winter. And uh, I believe the story was that um, he was outside and the, the wife was inside upstairs on the second floor doing something the bear wandered in the house and went upstairs and fucking attacked her and mauled her and killed her. And there was speculation. Somebody said that it, it may have had to do with that. It was that time of the month and the bear, you know, the uh, hormones or whatever. And then, you know, there's just, you know, it's, it's a wild animal, no matter what you can tame it or whatever. And it could have been something as little as, you know, a perfume or something, who knows? Um, but I always liked uh, those kind of characters from back then, where you had either the guys that were the real hairy guys, George the Animal Steel that was like bald headed but he had hair all over his body and and he was kind of crazy and you know uh they had a guy named brute Bernard that was like that he was a bald headed guy, but he acted like he was nuts uh pompero Furpo, the wild bull of the Pampas, uh who also went uh he was the original guy that they called the missing link and he was real had real bushy hair and he was from argentina and he had a a little uh shrunken head on a stick or not on a stick the shrunken head was uh just this little shrunken head that he would talk to and it would give him advice <laughs> Uh, Like the, the evil Germans like Baron von Raschke, Hans Schmidt, uh, Waldo von Erich. um, And I'm trying to think some of the other ones. Then of course you had the, 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 the white meat baby face, all American heroes. Like, uh, Mark Lewin, who was the captain of the people's army and he would fight the vicious, uh, sheik of Araby, you know, or Abdul, the butcher, the Madman from the Sudan. And I always liked the characters like that. You had the guys that were like the real great wrestlers who I also liked and also admired that were the technical guys like Dory Funk Jr. and Jack Briscoe. Mark Lewin was like that. Um, but and then the the real muscular guys like sailor art thomas who was this african american guy but he was built like a fucking greek god and he was a uh, you know a merchant marine um and then um i'm trying to think like the the, the great big fat guys or you know the obese you know big behemoth uh, monster guys like, uh, Haystack Calhoun, who was this big farm boy from, uh, Arkansas that wore bib overhauls. And then you had the country guys, the, the scuffling hillbillies or Haystacks Calhoun or, uh, uh, the Kentuckians. And they would wear, um, like blue jeans or bib overalls in the ring. And they would either wrestle barefoot or they'd have a moonshine jug and a corn cob pipe, just shit like that. You know, like from the old days, uh, the carnival days and things like that. And then, um, but the greatest match, I, honest to God, I've seen so many of them. I couldn't, I couldn't tell you off the top of my head. Uh, Jack Briscoe and Dory Funk Jr. Uh, had great matches. Uh, they would have like hour long matches. And Jack Briscoe was like a, an actual legit um, national uh, amateur wrestling champion. Uh, you had matches like that. Uh, Rick Flair and Rick Steamboat. Uh, were those type of matches that were really technically great. Then you had, I, I know I saw a match um, with Dick Murdoch and Killer Carl Cox. Uh, and both of those guys were known for being like masters of actual, uh, not technical wrestling as far as like amateur wrestling or or shooting, hook, hooking, uh, submission holds but were masters of professional wrestling and the, doing the fake punches that looked really real, or they did the, what they called the, um, like doing things, uh, rest the hard way. Uh, and you had the actual wrestlers that, uh, they, they would put like a, either a, a little piece of razor blade with tape around it in their mouth or in their tights, or they would have it taped to the, uh, the wristband or, uh, taped on the end of their finger. And so if they wanted to get juice or blood or red turns to green, they would nick their forehead or some of them would do it real bad and they'd have these big scars. But they would actually bleed. There was no blood capsules. They would actually just bleed. And so if somebody saw it and said, man, look at oh my God. And they'd come up and say, oh, that's a blood capsule. Well, no, I saw Mad do- uh, uh, Crusher Lasowski and Mad Dog Vishon get into it. And when Mad Dog Bladed himself, he hit an artery on his forehead. And this blood is fucking shooting out of his forehead, the stream of blood. And s- after a while, when Crusher Lasowski is choking him, this mat that was like a white mat, all of a sudden, you, it just started having, it was blood all over it. And the commentator was even saying, We need to get him to a hospital because he actually nicked an artery on his forehead and was fucking bleeding to death. And, uh, but in the, um, killer carl cox dick murdoch match from japan you see a lot of really classic matches from japan Um, um, dick murdoch gets killer carl cox in the corner and he busts him open the hard way and the hard way is when the guys they could kind of they kind of some of them could do it all the time this is how the old school guys did it before they did the blade job they would punch you in the eyebrow and twist their hand as they punched you and a lot of those guys had scar tissue over their eyebrows and even if they didn't if you look at boxing a lot of guys when they get cut in boxing even with the boxing gloves on uh it's over the eyebrow because there's not a lot of tissue there and your eyebrow has kind of a, a an edge there and it will bust open and you know you have to get stitched. while well, the guys would get busted open over the eyebrow and then they wouldn't even go get stitches they would either probably nowadays take super glue or something glue it shut or they would just get it to stop uh with a towel or ice or something and then once it stopped put a a bandaid or a what do you call it? butterfly stitch tape it over there to hold it closed because they knew the next night they would get blood and the next night and it would open up easier and easier and easier. So there's just different stuff like that. I've seen the old guys like Luthez who was a master at actually hooking and, and, um, and could really hurt people. I, you know, you like the guys that have real skill like that. Um, but then again, like I said, I've seen matches from, from England, where uh, it was giant haystacks against Big Daddy or uh, Kendo Nagasaki over there. Uh, he, he wore a mask, the mask guys, the guys from different cultures in different countries, the Lucha Libre guys. There's just so many different ones. But I've always really enjoyed um, the carnival, uh, crazy character, crazy gimmick kind of, kind of guys. Uh, let's see. Food, as I watched The Stabilizer recently, I'm wondering if that is the, um, is that, uh, I was going to say Denzel Washington one, or is that the uh, the uh, kind of B-movie one that we all, everybody likes. Let's see. As I watched The Stabilizer recently, did you ever eat a living creature? No, pussy doesn't count. <laughs> I have uh, eaten some creatures, by the way, but you said pussy doesn't count sorry uh and if not uh what would it take for you to do so i have never i don't think i have ever had anything that was still alive and it kind of that that not only repulses me i just saw something the other day where these people would pay like big money and they would eat they were eating this fish like say a salmon or something like that the salmon was still alive on the platter and they had sliced off all the skin and were eating it, and here this poor thing is sitting there suffocating. And again, I'm one of these people that my maybe my empathy is too high, but maybe it's just right. And I felt so so disgusted and and sad for this poor this poor living creature, no matter what it is. And it's like, oh my God! And then I've seen a lot of the. Um, videos here lately where they show these factory farms and stuff and it's just it's just you know it's just awful thinking about how these poor animals are treated and everything and that they are living and like i said i have my dogs and i've had my cats and stuff like that and and they they're so lovable and they have emotion and they and they they do have affection and and things like that and uh you know it just really just ugh it, it really just, you know, it makes me emotional just thinking about and seeing that kind of stuff. And I wouldn't eat anything that was alive like that. Drink. as J&B is the essential for the genre movie? Did you actually ever try it? And how does it compare to other brands? Okay. I will say that I have tried J&B. And I tried it with Will and Samurai at uh, Horror Hound Weekend and a bunch of the other uh, Gentleman's Guide to Midnight Cinema uh crew uh they had a everybody always brings a bottle of j&b uh and as most of you know i don't drink alcohol i never have drank i mean i've had i've tasted beer when i was a little kid and i've tasted it as an adult i don't like the taste of beer at all and people come up and say no we'll try this it's not that bad and i've taken bud light and coors light and uh i've tasted um when I was of course when I was a little kid like Stroh's and this other beer Pabst Blue Ribbon and tasted it I never liked the taste of it uh never gotten drunk on it or drunk on anything else um other than like I think one time when I was in Las Vegas this uh waitress kept coming over and asking me if I wanted something to drink because you get it for free if you're playing the slots and it was like my last day there and because the Big Lebowski drank uh white Russians. I told her to bring me a white Russian and I drank it and I might have had more than one, but it was just like, you know, I, I, I'm more partial to, uh, if I were to drink, I would drink, um, like some kind of mixed drink. Uh, I have had, uh, a shot of vodka. I've had Jack Daniels, uh, J and B, like I said, when we were at Whorehound, everybody said, "Okay, we got to drink a shot of J and B," and I protested, but I said, "Okay." Most of the time, I just figure, a lot of times with that, you're better off just to fucking say, "Okay, I'll take the goddamn thing," or 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 you know, just say no. But I guess I I just said, you know, they gave me a shot, I fucking just went boom, drank like in two seconds, barely even tasted it, you know, Uh just just shot it down real quick and I've done that somebody brought uh, at my friend's bar one time a uh, shot of vodka or I don't know if I don't even know if it was vodka or rum or what but like I said I, I don't drink as a hobby I never have I've tried I've uh, if I would say okay I have tried usually with shots like that I mean I would just drink one down and just gulp it as fast as I could I couldn't even taste it uh, Jack Daniels I've had that in coke uh friend of my sister's ex-boyfriend one time had uh like a screwdriver and he didn't even tell me and uh he said it was just orange juice but of course as soon as i took a drink of it i could you know you could tell it had vodka in it uh but like i said i don't like beer uh i had a uh, woodchuck which is like a, a some kind of cider or something that christine uh from feminine critique had at uh Horror hound and I drank a like a, I think a bottle of that, and it tasted more like just like a fucking. Um ginger ale or something like that to me it it, it it tastes good i'm the kind of person i like something that tastes good with food drink whatever if it tastes good then i i don't mind it but i'm i never really wanted to get drunk or get high or anything like that the uh, closest i came i think to getting high would be taking fucking benadryl to try and sleep and it just makes you so groggy that you fucking can't really stand up or like i said having surgery or something like that um uh, but you know i just the beer. Uh, the last time I think I drank beer was with some girl and her dad. He had like Coors Light or Bud Light or something, and I just drank it and drank it down real fast. And it it was so watery, but I don't like the smell of beer, and I don't like the taste of beer. And I think I tried wine at horror hound one time somebody had wine and i said i've never tasted wine and it was just real sour and bitter and i just like i don't like this and it's just a taste you know so anyway that's me uh dating the obvious give us the worst dating experience ever (sighs) i probably have talked about these because i think a lot of these stories are pretty funny i've had a a few worst dating experiences number one if it was just a date I went out with a girl one time and it was it was kind of a blind date she had been friends with my sisters in college and somebody had mentioned something to me and I was single at the time so I called this girl up and I asked her out and she kind of remembered me she remembered my sisters for sure we went out on a date and during the date took her out to a nice restaurant we're sitting there and i'm trying to make you know kind of make the best of it or whatever i met her dad because she was living with her parents and i met her dad he i think had known my grandpa or something but um and my grandma knew her because she worked at the clinic this clinic uh that my grandma went to and um but we went out on a date and it was just not it wasn't gonna go well I, i i don't know you know it's like it was almost pretty much like a blind date. But then she started telling me that she had had a uh, miscarriage only like a month or so before uh, or something like that or only like a couple months before she had been dating this guy and she got pregnant or something and she had a miscarriage and I was just like, man, this is just too much on a first date and everything. I didn't mean to be a dick or anything, but I was just kind of like, you know, I think I had went to visit my parents and just working the shift i work and everything and i can't remember what it was but i just basically uh, after we we got done eating i took her home and i said you know uh, i made like used an excuse that you know that i either had to work or that i was really tired or something like that or you know maybe we could go out again some other time or blah, blah 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 but i never went out with her again um another time <laughs> and I, I may have like i said i may have said this before maybe told this story before but I, I met this girl uh through a neighbor um and she was younger than me i think i had to at least be 30 and i think she was probably like 19 or something like that i don't even remember um and we started hanging out together and it was going to be the first our first time uh because the people that she was friends with that lived in the apartment building were going out of town so they had her watch their apartment and she was which was the apartment right beside mine and i went over there and a couple of her friends were there and we hung out and everything well then they left and then we kind of started getting into it and in the middle of having sex uh she started crying <laughs> i mean this was at the beginning so we weren't completely into it but we were both completely naked i had not uh sealed the deal but i was doing some things other than like i i had we had not like there were, i had not had penetration or whatever yet she started crying and i was like what the fuck and uh, she started crying about her ex-boyfriend who they had just broken up, you know, like maybe like a week or something before that or a couple weeks before that. So then so then I'm trying to be nice. And my sister, who I told this to, said if I was you, what the fuck? I would have got up and just fucking left and said, you know, what the fuck? But I was kind of like, I, I don't know. I was just trying to be nice and I felt bad for her. I'm sure I, I thought, God, you know, like I said, I maybe I put myself in these people's shoes and what they're thinking or whatever but so then there's nothing more awkward than laying in bed side by side with somebody and you're both naked and they're crying about their ex-boyfriend and then they pull out a scrapbook or a photo album with all these pictures of her and her (laughs) 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 ex-boyfriend then after that like right in the middle of that I was like you know I said maybe we should put our clothes on So we put our clothes on and I said, you know, I said, why don't we, why don't we, you know, I said, this is kind of awkward. I said, why don't we put our clothes on? We put our clothes on and said, let's go for a walk. So we went for a walk and we kind of walked around, um, it was middle of the night and everything we're walking and she's talking she's still kind of crying and stuff and everything and uh she goes i feel stupid and all this stuff and i was like listen you know it's no big deal you know uh, obviously you're not over so of course then i used that as an excuse to never see her again because i was like you know it's obviously you know you know you're not over him and i you know i said maybe you know it seemed like a good idea but i said you know i just don't think but i said don't look at it as i said you know don't be embarrassed or anything. I said. Don't worry about it. You know, maybe sometime down the road, you know, whatever. But right now, you're just not ready. And I tried to be sensitive and nice and everything. And then, of course, the other one, uh, and then, like I said, that one. She came back several times, and she was knocking on my door and shit. I wouldn't even answer the fucking door. I just thought, you know, it's better just to blow her off. (laughs) I think I did see her again after that. Maybe and we kind of, uh, it was sort of the same thing. We, she was working in this store and I worked for a vendor and I would go in this and I just happened to see her like, Hey, you know, and we started talking the next thing you know, we we're making out and everything outside the store in the back of the store. And, um, then I'm trying to think we went a couple different places. Uh, I said, Hey, I'm going to run up to this video store and, you know, do you want to go with me and everything? And, uh, Uh, I just remember like we were, but, but her, she was with this guy and she had this diamond ring or something on her fucking finger that he had got her in the next thing. And we're in sitting in my car, making out and going at it and everything. And then I, I just like, yeah. So I, I think I, I think I, that was when I was going through one of my, I would go through these manic stages where I was like, yeah, you know, everything. And then the next thing you know, I was like, fucking, I got to get out of this. So I left her a note on her fucking car or something. And I said, listen, I don't think this is going to, you know, you need to, you're with your boyfriend and, you know. So she had a boyfriend. So anyway. Uh, And then the other one was the, this one was fucking crazy. And um, on like the, I think the second date, she was the one that, we were in a restaurant and she said that she just started going off that I wasn't listening to her or something. And you're not listening to me. You know, you know, you, you know, she started telling me what I should be doing. I should be, if I was interested in her, I should be asking her questions about her life and about, and I'm like, what the fuck, you know? And I was just going along, just having a good time. And I almost left her along the side of the road and <laughs> going home. And, uh, then finally, uh, I didn't, I don't think, when we left, I, 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 even said at the table, I was like, well, I'm sorry, you know, you feel that way. And, uh, you know, I, I, I'm, I guess it's just cause I like you and maybe, you know, and so then when we were walking out to the car, I thought everything had, you know, was okay. And she just kind of went off again and said something about, see, you just totally blew that off. You just, and I'm like, listen, well, so then when we got in the car and we started driving home, uh, I was about ready to bend the fucking steering wheel. I was so pissed, and I wasn't saying anything. we drove for probably like fifteen, twenty minutes, and she finally said, "Are you going to say anything?" And so I fucking just goes like, "Listen, uh, I don't know what the fucking problem is." I said, "I like you," and I thought we were going to get along and everything. But I said, "You're, you know, this is you going off on me." I said, "I don't know what the fucking what the deal is, where," and I said, "I'm sorry that you feel this way." And as soon as I said, "I'm sorry," she goes, "That's all I wanted you to say." And like and then everything was like supposed to be great and everything and I was she goes so she said something like well what what are we going to do now and I said I'm fucking taking you home and I'm fucking dumping your fucking ass off and I'm fucking going home and I said and I don't give a fuck and, blah. and so then she knew I was I mean I was pissed I went off Well so then after and then I again I was telling my sister about this because this is another one of her fricking friends and <laughs> And my, well, well, my, I was actually telling my other sister this who did not know her. And she said, I, why the fuck did you ever go out with her again after that? You know, my God, I would have told her to go fuck herself. And I would have been like, you're fucking nuts. And I was like, well, you know, you being a guy or she was good looking and, you know, <laughs> and so anyway, we, we went out for, I don't know how many months, you know, we were dating and everything. And, uh, she was the one that, uh, she was just crazy uh she was just a fucking she was just fucking crazy and uh it it ended uh (sighs) like i think i i drove she lived like 100 miles from me and i drove all the way out there and as soon as i got there she was telling she goes oh my god you look she goes i love those jeans you know and she like fucking grabs my cock and she goes i love how those jeans make your you know make your dick look or something like that and everything. And then we get in the car we're gonna go, go out to dinner, and as we're driving, she says, hey, she goes, well let's go, let's go eat. And then when we get done, she goes, I need to talk to you about something. Or she goes, We need to talk. And I, of course, made the like kind of in a joking way, said, Well nothing good ever came after that statement. I said, So what do you mean we need to talk? She goes, Well we just need to talk. And I said, Okay, no wait a minute. I said, So well, why don't we go talk first? Because the way she said it, like I was like, okay, this is the we need to talk this thing, and I started thinking, I'm not taking you out to fucking dinner, and then you're gonna fucking break up with me. So we stopped at this park and sat on this bench, and she fucking basically told me she wanted to break up, and I was, oh man, I was fucking pissed, and I I did actually give her a ride home, but I almost left her there. Uh, I was so fucking mad. I was like, and I was my whole thing was like. Why the fuck did you fucking have me drive all the fucking way out here? A hundred fucking miles with and with this shit i said you could have told me on the fucking phone oh i was mad so anyway and there was another part of that that was really gross uh that had to do with me earning my red wings as motorcycle guys would say and so uh, that was another thing where i was like what and the fucking hell is wrong with you okay so let's move on past that i'm sure there's some other ones there was the one where i where uh, uh and i know i've told this one before where it was like one of the nicest times that you know, having a picnic and laying on a blanket and talking and everything, and I just rolled over and went. <laughs> and just, I did not even mean it. I didn't even feel like I had to had to uh, have gas or anything. And just right when I rolled over, it just went. <laughs> and that was more funny than anything. The girl even laughed because I tried to blow it off, and uh, she she would not let me. <laughs> okay, religion as uh as so much violence is based on religion fundamentalism these days and in the past of course just uh think of the crusades uh same shit like now but just without weapons of mass destruction well i guess you know going and hacking you know entire civilizations to death that's kind of weapons of mass destruction okay uh dig it richard the lionheart uh Uh, How do you regard it? And if you had to, uh, I think you guys aren't members of any groups, but uh, your own, which one would you pick? Uh, I'm not into religion at all. I'm pretty much an atheist. If somebody came tomorrow, well, I guess I would say, you know maybe agnostic because if somebody could come and prove that there was a greater power that created us, that was all knowing and all seeing and all this stuff and blah, 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 blah. I wouldn't deny it. If they had proof, you know, legitimate scientific proof or whatever, you know, I'd be like, Oh shit, I was wrong. You know, Hey, there he is, uh, or she, or there it is or whatever. Um, I'm just not into it at all. Like I said, uh, you know, I, I find it, it's it just seems kind of, uh, like I said, I've told my mom this, I've told everybody this, if, if you, as long as you're not hurting anybody else or bigoted or hate, uh, you know, have hatred towards anybody else, if you need that, uh, to comfort you as far as the unknown, as far as death goes, as far as the death of loved ones or, you know, whatever, Um, my idea of, I shouldn't say religion is more science where, uh, like, uh, reincarnation. I think if you, you know, when you die, uh, and your body returns to the soil and, you know, the gases come out and, uh, bugs or worms or, uh, ants or a wolf or whatever consumes your body uh and it returns to your dna returns to the natural cycle of things and becomes something else uh that's my idea of reincarnation i think that there's just so much with science that is just so magnificent and so you know uh um, it, it that's more uh it's like the ninth configuration thing where he says you know These protein, uh, these molecules, and da 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 uh, of the ninth configuration, and I find that uh, uh, the existence of even one of these uh, um, uh, molecules or something happening or existing by accident, I find that more uh, amazing than the thought of there being a god or whatever um so and and as far as religion goes because like loaf you know talks uh, i think he's more uh, into buddhism and zen you know buddhism stuff like that where i it's not as much a religion as it is like a philosophy of how to live your life and and things like that uh even the christian religion again i've said this before to people that are christians and i was raised a christian um if you if you talk if you talk about when you talk about jesus christ if you talk about okay i believe in peace love forgiveness and helping your fellow humans i want to say fellow man but fellow men women children old people sick people then i'm all for it you know uh, call me a Christian or whatever. I believe you know peace, love, forgiveness, and helping others. Uh, that's a great religion. Uh, I just think that you know people. Per- when I see people pervert any religion that they're in and use it to either hate people, to feed their own ego, or to um, make themselves feel better. Uh, by looking down at other people or judging other people. Again, judge not lest ye be judged. Um, you know, um, th- there's a lot in the religion that I was brought up with that is good and wonderful and beautiful. And if people would just stick with that, but then there's people that have to live with the hand of an angry God, fear the daddy in the sky, you know. Uh, uh, fire and brimstone uh, and all this and that and i you know that's just to me that's just man over the centuries putting in shit that uh to justify anything that they want you have the old testament which is hand of an angry god punishment blah 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 blah, blah bow down and you know whatever uh um uh obey 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 um and then you have the New Testament which is, you know, peace, love, forgiveness, you know, love your enemy, uh this and that. And then they take what they can find something in both of those books to justify the most horrible slaughter, hatred, uh justify anything they want to justify. You know, the other day they were talking about uh you know the, them uh, putting uh taking these little kids from their parents that are try- coming here for sanctuary from these horrid horrible things in the countries they live in and justifying that by saying in the bible it says you should obey as man's man's law uh but in the bible if it does fucking say that you know well so man's law was slavery is legal man's law for the longest time was women can't vote or you know these people are uh you know uh you know, a third or three fifths of a human being or whatever. You know, some of these people think it's okay to have sex with children or, you know, uh that gay people should be put to death or you should be stoned to death for working on Sunday. Blah 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 blah. It's all bullshit. So anyway, you know, I think most of you know how I feel. And I, I don't I like I said, if I had to pick a religion of an existing religion right now, um, my God, I don't even know what I would pick. Like I said, I mean I can I can just like other people take from the Christian religion I was brought up with and just like what I just said peace love forgiveness and helping other people and just live by that and say I'm a Christian so I pick Christianity. It's what man does with this shit that that is just perverse and it's just because they're insecure motherfuckers who want uh they they want to hate the other and blame everybody else and and justify all the shitty things that they do so anyway love will have to answer that himself even though he is a godless heathen books have you read the bible did anybody actually read the whole thing it's isn't it huge would you ever read it uh what would you take uh what would it take for you to do so i've read parts of it it's just you know like when i was a little kid and then we you know they had like a bible that was um uh you know how the Bible is written in the language of the parlance of the times, which is hard to read. It's like almost like reading Shakespeare and it's not well written in you know, but, um, and just reading, um, that we had one when we were little kids that was written, uh, more or less in, the language of our time, so you could understand the motherfucker. But honest to God, I've never read the whole thing. I don't think I ever would. I would rather just watch uh, The Greatest Story Ever Told or Ten Commandments or something like that. Um, I like movies. I still, you know, even though I might not agree with everything in the religion, and I think it's all just mythology, uh, it's just our mythology uh, just like the Greeks or the Romans or whoever else had their mythology and they believed it to be true and thought, you know, everything else was, uh, bullshit, but ours is great. You know, it's just a, it's just a comic book. Uh, I wouldn't read it all the way through because it would bore the shit out of me. Um, and what would it take for me to do so yeah if you want to send me a whole bunch of fucking money i'll read it or even a little bit of money i might read it depending on how much money i want or movies or something like that that uh but i don't know yeah uh back to twin peaks there was a novel about it enhancing the universe if you will daddy O. uh there was also similar stuff uh for the franchise uh for big franchises like star wars as a fan how do you like those? Uh, does it fuck too much with the movie versions uh, so you ignore them? Uh, the Twin Peaks one, I I have not read anything like that, but from what you're talking about, um, like um, Star Wars definitely has, you know, other novels and comic books and things like that that are, are you know, not canon. Um, uh, right now, the one that I can relate to more than anything is the Star Wars comic books. Uh, Marvel um, took over the... Uh, bought the star wars franchise i guess from dark horse i never read I, I might have read maybe one or two of the dark horse star wars comics now i want to go back and read some of those uh marvel is doing a great job with all their star wars comics uh the darth vader comic uh dr afra the one's just it's just star wars uh lando calrissian had one and there's another one i'm trying to think what it is um but I can't remember. Uh, all the the Marvel Comics, Star Wars comic books um, are great. I love them all. I have a subscription to, I, I think, all of them right now, uh, and I enjoy them. Uh, like the the character Doctor Aphra is not a character that has been has been in any of the Star Wars movies, but I just think it's. I love that character. I would love to see her in a movie. The Darth Vader comic, which takes place before um um the first Star Wars movie, I think. Uh it just takes that character and he's going on these his own missions and adventures and things like that. I really like that. Uh there was one I, I, I can't remember if they did a Darth Maul I know I they had a Darth Maul one because I, I was reading it uh, and it wasn't bad. It wasn't the the best of them. It, I don't think that one lasted. Uh, but like I said, that one didn't bother me that much. Uh, Blade Runner. Um, I read Blade Runner two, uh, the the book Blade Runner two, and I thought it was excellent. And at the time when it came out, they wrote it in such a way that they could have brought back Harrison Ford uh, and Rutger Hauer as older characters now this was my god now let's see i probably read that maybe say 15 years ago maybe maybe longer than that let me see when it was out that book the blade runner 2 the edge of human uh came out in 1995 uh, I thought it was a really good book. And, of course, you know, Harrison Ford was in the uh, Blade Runner 2049, but he's a senior citizen now. Uh, they The way that they wrote this um, book, uh, just to give you, you know, if you want to read it, I, I recommend it. They had uh, the character of Holden uh, that was killed in the first Blade Runner movie. Uh, he was the one that was giving the Voight-Kampff, test uh at the beginning uh, the blade runner and um but just to give you an idea and this this the roy batty character okay uh was a replicant a combat model replicant in the first blade runner movie well that replicant was based on a real guy, a real famous soldier who became, I think, like I haven't read it in a long time, but say he became a colonel or a general or something when he got older. It was based on that guy, so they could bring back hower Hauer. Uh, when was the first? Okay, that was nineteen ninety-five, and the movie Blade Runner came out in eighty-two. So they could have brought back Rutger Hauer and Harrison Ford for Blade Runner 2: Edge of Human, because the way that the characters were written in the in that book, but it didn't get made. So then, of course, they made the Blade uh, Blade Runner 2049. But I still thought that was a good book, and I would read good books. A good book, it doesn't have to follow along. It doesn't have to be canon. Uh, the Twin Peaks ones, like I said, I haven't read any of them, so I wouldn't, uh, I, other than Fire Walk With Me, which did, uh, go along with the story of the first one, I believe. That was a movie, you know. Weird fucking movie. Uh, personal hygiene. Having a broken foot and having to wear a giant special shoe, which allows me to walk around in slow motion. It's hard to take care of, uh, that foot actually as the bandage, com- uh, comes off in three weeks. Well, this was—I mean, my God, how long ago did Rolf send this this email? Uh, I don't even April eighteenth. Okay, now I got to find where I fucking left off. Okay, uh, the bandage comes off in three weeks. Nothing to be happy about. How did you uh, manage in similar situations? Never. The only, the closest I ever came to having a broken bone was probably my knuckle. Uh, on my right hand, my middle knuckle. Which Jesus Christ, I hit something so fucking hard! Oh my God! It it was it looked like I had a ping pong ball under my skin, and it was the ugliest green gray color. Uh, but you know, I never got a cast or anything, and I think I fucking tore something in my one finger playing football. Uh, some stitches quite a few stitches and just being really sick, uh, having the heart, uh, heart attack thing where I almost died like three fucking times and, you know, all that shit. Uh, but most of that, as far as hygiene goes, I never had anything where I couldn't, couldn't, uh, do anything like that. Uh, my sister had, uh, I think a broken arm. I know she had a broken leg and I think she broke her arm a couple times. Had to have cast. I never have had to had to have a cast, so I I don't know I can't do it and then as far as um the stitches go and stuff I just remember like I could uh, a couple of times where I could get in the shower or like maybe put water in the bathtub. And as long as I kept the stitches, you know, not, you know, uh, like, and I could pretty much wash everything, but I had to keep the area where the stitches were dry or something like that. I, But like I said, nothing like that. So I hope your foot is better. <laughs> uh, let's see, pets. I know you guys like your dogs, but uh, did you actually have other pets? And what would you like uh, to have but aren't able to? Uh, how about a lion to scare off bad people or a skunk? i believe uh, i cannot believe how some people have snakes as pets okay i have had when we were little kids i had a dog part it was like a poodle mix and back then it was like we were just little kids and it it taught me that i never have had kids but you know you always think um if you have kids you know your kids you would want a family dog or whatever and i just remember my mom i think my dad uh this these people had this dog and it was a mutt uh, like i said poodle mix and he was the cutest little sweetest dog and um uh, especially when he when we let his fur grow out but they didn't know how to take care of a fucking dog and we were little kids and you know how when you're when you're an adult if you have little kids and you get a dog uh you you need to look at it like it's your dog, and you can give the kids a responsibility to feed it and stuff like that, but kids are kids, and they're not old enough most of the time to look at it as, you know, this living thing, and you, and, and you need, you know, whatever, especially when you're little kids. Um, and that was back in the time where people would put the dog outside all the time uh chain it up and stuff like that and now i look back and i think oh god i've you know i wish things would have been different um later on after you know that dog died uh we did we had our yard fenced in because we put a uh, above ground swimming pool in that we had all the time when we were after, you know, growing up. And I just think, you know, it would have been nice for that dog that we had to have had that fenced in yard because you have a certain amount of freedom. They can like my first thing I did when I moved into this house is fenced in my yard because I have my two little Chihuahua mixed dogs, Groucho and Mopey. And it just makes it so easy. You can open up the fucking goddamn door and they go out, man, and they can hang out out there. They can look at the birds, chase them and everything. They can fucking, uh, the neighbors come by and pet them and all this stuff, and you can let them in, you know. And they get to where they're used to going outside and going to the bathroom and coming inside and everything. Um, I have become much a much better animal parent in adulthood. Uh, Chief and Mary, you know, we've lived here forever, and they're like my family. Uh, I've had cats since I've lived here. I have, I had two cats since I've lived here. And both of them well one of them had cancer and had to have that's the only one only animal that I've ever had to have put to sleep uh the other one gabby uh he just died of old age and um um groucho and Mopy again both died here you know and they were really old um, and you know that's like the hardest thing ever uh i there was a possum that lived on my that was living on my porch. <laughs> <laughs> I love all these. I love all these animals. I, like at my mom and dad's house now. Growing up, they never had squirrels. We had squirrels out in the woods, but now, for some reason, there's all these squirrels living in town. And uh, you go to their house and you sit on the porch, and these squirrels are just running around. It's fun to watch them and everything. I love watching, you know, deer. And uh, leaving work the other day, saw about, you know, I don't know how many of these great big turkeys. Um I even feel bad now. We used to fish all the time and I I feel bad now just thinking about, you know, we'd catch these fish and you know, we don't need to eat those fish but uh you know, so I, I don't hunt anymore. I don't fish anymore. Um I'm trying to think we have bears around here, black bears, but you never see them. Uh you know, one time during the summer people were having like a a uh a like a yard's a big yard sale uh and they were having a uh barbecue and cooking out food and everything and this big black bear came from town out of the woods smelled that food and came down there And they all jumped in their cars and shit which i think is pretty cool uh we have coyotes around here now um uh fox red fox gray fox uh groundhogs i'm trying to think what else Uh, all kinds of birds i love why i feed the birds I, i have uh bird feeders out like with water and i throw seeds out i have a, of course that woodpecker that i wondered why he was panging all over my fucking gutters on my house well then i looked it up and they're aluminum gutters and uh, they do that they call it drumming and it's to get to try and find a mate so they can hear that and then another woodpecker come they're not trying to destroy the house they're just making that it's like a call to these other woodpeckers and i saw it up close the other day i went to put water in the dog's water uh bowl outside and this big woodpecker he was coming to drink out of the water and i just opened the door and here big red-headed woodpecker and you know i love that i love seeing animals like that um trying to think what else we have around here possum squirrels um and snakes like you uh you're talking about the snakes i had a girlfriend that after we broke up she went and got a pet snake and i saw she said something about all my pet snake or whatever uh there was somebody on ggtmc group I can't remember who it was. that's really into snakes and reptiles and stuff. Uh, I'll be honest with you. I've never had a snake. Uh, this person, and I cannot remember who it is. I apologize, uh, really is into snakes. Like my dad and some of the people at work will be like, if they see a snake, they, they just automatically want to kill it. Uh, we have snakes out here in our yard, like these little garter snakes and uh, black snakes and stuff like that. I don't fucking kill them. My dad would try and run over them with a mower, take a hoe and stuff and kill them. Uh, they don't bother me. I don't bother them. If you, you know, I'm cutting grass and I see, see one of them, uh, you know, I just let it get away. Let, they, they'll turn around and like, cause they're scared. But if you just let them go, they'll, they'll, t- or go the other way, they'll take off. Um, like I said, all the birds, blue jays and robins, sparrows. And, uh, we have eagles around here and hawks. Uh, one of the, coolest things i ever saw uh when i go walk on the trail was a big uh eagle that was that flies down the river uh that runs along the trail with a big white head and the big body and and uh, there's some uh big stone piers out in the middle of the river where bridges have old uh um railroad bridges went across and the 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 bridges aren't there anymore but the piers are still there and they nest on those things and they're just beautiful to look at you know see and everything uh so i'm i'm a big animal lover like i said as far as snakes go i don't know if i would ever have one as a pet because it's just not my thing or lizards or something like that but i like looking at them and they're interesting but i wouldn't kill a snake i mean you know uh i guess you know if it was a poisonous snake like i said most of the time if you see one, like I, when I used to fish up in the mountains, they have rattlesnakes up there, and then you see some of these big water snakes and stuff. But if you just leave them alone, they'll fucking go away. you know. Um, ethics. Give us your life motto. My life motto has always been like the, I always thought it was um, the Bob, out of the Bob Dylan song, you know, uh, when you ain't got nothing, you got nothing to lose. But I think that's just me being cynical. Ah, uh, again, I think, you know, peace, love, forgiveness, helping your fellow man, and, uh, you know, even animals and stuff like that, you know, uh, nothing wrong with, uh, there's just too much of this trolling and mean shit, where people have just gotten so used to, like, I think online, uh, trolling and just being nasty and mean, and, uh, that kind of shit, and it's just, Becoming all consuming. And I always wonder, like I said, I don't believe in religion that much or whatever, or at all, or whatever. But when you see all the ugliness and all the shit that's going on these days, I'm wondering, like, okay, is this the fucking Antichrist shit And, and all this stuff where people are just hating? But we've had that forever. Look at the American Civil War or, you know, the shit between Ireland and England or. You know world war ii with germany and italy and japan and all the horrible stuff and we're talking about south africa or the middle east or in south america they're, they're, even over here you know between different uh native american tribes uh in um in the united states before uh europeans were ever here you know it's just a you know that conquering kind of thing and greed and uh, not only that but just you know territorial things maybe it's just an animalistic thing i don't know but like sadism and torture and murder uh for profit and all that stuff you know um so anyway like i said when you ain't got nothing you got ain't got nothing to lose is kind of a uh that's just my cynical side from you know like not you know having uh, you know a significant other or whatever whatever but um I like a lot of songs and stuff like that um some of the john denver songs about nature and about just life and living and just being a free and uh, person on the on the planet earth and uh you know the ocean the water the wind the trees you know the just all the animals and living in harmony with all this stuff is i would rather um uh, my motto be like something like that than to be something you know where i feel sorry for myself uh life i actually never found out what kind of job you have zom so you do it uh there must uh, be any value in it uh so come on praise the shit out of it loaf if you were here <laughs> you probably uh you're probably not but just in case we don't care just kidding glad you are back on track and so tell us about it ah nothing really to tell uh honest to god it's nothing exciting i think uh in a way you know help people but um also in a way it's just sitting in front of a fucking computer screen (laughs) nothing nothing really to brag about uh a lot of the jobs that i had before like my sales jobs and stuff like that are a lot of, uh more interesting stories because I was traveling all over the place and you know meeting people and just uh especially when I had absolutely no money living paycheck to paycheck and you know, with like the cookie company and they'd give you free samples to give out and I'd be like, fucking starving. <laughs> and I'd have like forget, either forget my wallet or I'd have like a, a dollar in my pocket and I'd be like, oh fuck. So I'd get some of the cookies that they would give us a sample or like, you know, to put on the shelf and we were able to give them out to the customers and stuff. And I'd take a box cutter and slice a fucking box of them open and fucking sit there and munch on them. Uh, but like I said, every, you know, Uh, I like the people I work with. I like the, you know, but it's nothing worth talking about. (laughs) Death, cremation, or casket? What song do you want to hear at your funeral? Honest to God, I've thought about this before, and I can't remember if I've talked about it on the show, but um, my ideal, see, when I I look at how they do things these days, and I was just talking about, like, how I feel like, you know, just... The natural cycle of things is to return to the earth uh, your DNA returning to the earth or returning to the natural cycle by being consumed by the earth or the creatures on the earth uh, that's my idea of how I would want to go so ideally, I guess maybe out walking in the woods and drop dead of a heart attack and they don't find me and the fucking I'm consumed by Mother Earth. Uh, and it's and her, her creatures or whatever um if I was buried, i all honest to God would want them to almost put me in like a shroud uh like a sheet or something like that, and bury me because then I can be consumed um, but I think when they in in modern day where they put you in this waterproof airproof casket. Uh, and in a vault and all this shit, it's almost like a, uh, being like the the uh, uh, you know mummies in ancient in ancient Egypt or whatever. I think that's all kind of bullshit. And being embalmed, it it, it gets in the way of of your of nat- your natural decomposition and returning to the earth. So I wouldn't want that. As far as cre- cremation goes, um. again that's just that's another way because if they are cremating you you're you there are going to be um, chemical reactions so you know the chemical reactions are going to be a way for you to return to the ecosystem uh i know a lot of people are, are go for that you know and uh, again then even giving donating your body to science and your organs and stuff like that to save other people i'm all for that uh, as far as I'm concerned, once I leave this husk, I'm not here anyway. You know, it's, uh, if someone else can use it as far as to save somebody else's life or to learn something, you know, whatever, that's fine. Um, so I don't know. He, like I said, obviously if I, if I was out on the, on the lonesome prairie and fucking fell off my horse and broke my neck and, uh, died out there and, uh, coyotes or, you know, if I just, uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, vultures or whatever, you know, but who knows what's going to happen? Uh, I'll be dead. So I won't give a shit. Um, so I don't know. I, I would think that I would probably just tell my, you know, uh, loved ones to just cremate me. It's easier and everything. And like I said, if you, if t- to have a t- more, more just to have like a, uh, a party or something, because my aunt my great aunt passed away and she said i don't want a funeral i don't want anything any kind of memorial just have them cremate me or whatever and it was just like you know somebody called me and said hey aunt caroline died and she was gone and we didn't have a party we didn't talk about it you know or anything and she was just gone so i mean if any if people wanted to get together and you know have a drink and you know i I wouldn't say like, you know, cry or anything, you know, but just, you know, get together and say, "Hey, that fucker was he did silver and gold," and, you know, and talk about some of the stupid shit I said and just hang out together and be friends and everything. Uh time, what time is it? <laughs> it's uh 11:57 a.m. on uh June 18th, 2018. Time has come today. Now my voice is going too. Time travel. One of my favorite sub-genres. Give me some faves of what are uh, some good underappreciated ones in your opinion. Have you seen Time Crimes or Coherence? Okay, I've never seen either one of those. Uh, time Travel? Um, actually, that uh, TV series I'm watching, DC's Legends of Tomorrow, is all about time travel. They have a... Um, they work for these... Uh, this... Basically, uh, it's this uh, group, I don't know if it works for a government or what, but they uh, have these time ships and they go and, and deal with anachronisms that take place in the time space-time continuum like if somebody fucks up the space-time continuum they go back and try and change things or get them back on track uh so that's something i'm watching right now um and then of course like the avengers infinity war that's happened right now and in deadpool they have some of those things to an extent and in a lot of the comic books they have things like that that are going on i like time cop with jean-claude van damme uh, i'm trying to think of other ones uh the one where, oh my God, it's Malcolm McDowell and he goes back to Jack the Ripper's going back in time and he goes back to stop him. I always like that one. What was that called? Is that Time After Time? That is Time After Time, 1979. I always like that one. There's one with. Um, one that my sister really liked with Christopher Reeve somewhere in time, Christopher Reeve. And, uh, is it Jane Seymour? Yeah. Jane Seymour. She always liked that one. I don't know. I don't think I've seen that one. I I'd like to watch that because, um, that's like I said, Brandon Ralph, uh, who is in legends of tomorrow and that also played Superman. He kind of looks like Christopher Reeve. And I, I've always, I always, uh, feel bad about, uh, what happened to Christopher Reeve, um, and it's kind of like I don't know why you know like it's one of those things where I never knew the guy or anything but it was such a tragedy I mean and those kind of things happen to normal people every day so I'm not putting him above anybody else it happened to people in my family you know where people get hurt or get killed in in a in an awful way or you know uh, uh, not I, I it's just the way things are when I say an awful way it's awful uh but um something that happens to someone a loved one a friend or somebody you know that is takes time away from them and it could happen to me tomorrow it could happen to anybody um but you know when i think about christopher reeve you know that like that movie like i said i know my sister really liked that movie and so since i've never seen it i kind of would i wouldn't mind going back and watching that i'm trying to think of some other ones where they of course though um um, one with Rod Taylor and of course it was a remake with um, The Time Machine with uh, Guy Pearce um, there's a lot of movies like that that are really good the thing that I don't like um, and this happens in Legend of Tomorrow I forget sometimes about what's going on and something like a main character something will happen and I'm like fuck can't believe they just did that but you know it's cool that they ha- that they say they kill off a character and you're like god damn man i can't believe that but you know you you think to yourself man it. but it's cool because they went there people die and you know uh but then you know when you're talking about anything that's a time travel movie when they just go back and correct it you know uh to and uh, make it a feel something that could be a cool or uh, 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 something that is more realistic. That that when you t- when you take uh, uh, some of these time travel stories, whether it's in a comic book or a movie or a TV show or something like that, and you use that as a cheap way out of something that should be emotionally emotional and tough to deal with, and then it's like in uh, they always say in Marvel comics, nobody stays dead. They'll kill off Wolverine, or they'll kill off Jean Grey, or they'll kill off Captain America, or they'll kill off whoever. And they'll have this big story, and everybody is just heartbroken, and everybody in there is a... But then they end up coming back for some reason they figure out a way to bring him back or bring back one uh, the same character from a different reality from a different time zone or, or they'll say well you know what happened was he was shot but shield took him and repaired him or turn gave him a cyborg heart or whatever you know but they bring it so it cheapens everything and it makes no, it makes uh, uh, something a really emotional and something that should be that sh- And I hate when it makes me feel like, oh, my God. But then they turn around and they kick in the nuts by bringing the person back. Um, It cheapens it, and it's a cheap way out. Uh, But if they ever do have time travel, maybe, you know, that shit will be like that. I don't know. Let's see. um, uh, We're almost at the end, Rolf. Space travel. Would you do it if... uh, it was for free. What planet uh, would you discover? Give it a name, and what would it be like there? Hmm. Right now, space travel would be kind of shitty. Because even like going to Mars, uh, it's a one-way ticket. You know, there's no way to get back. Um, and it's a long-ass trip. Uh, like I said, I just watching 2001 where they have to put people in suspended animation. Um uh, or, you know, aliens or wherever when you have to travel a long way and you don't have that, that the speed like hyperspace or uh, on Star Trek warp speed or whatever like that until we have the energy source that we can do something like that light speed, hyperspace or uh, the Matthew McConaughey movie what the fuck was that where they get on the edge of like a black hole and when they come out of it they're, you know you're only gone for an hour but when you come back it's fucking a hundred years later uh that kind of shit um wormholes and all that crap um that's an interest that's interesting but okay say we did have uh the starship enterprise it's five-year plan to explore strange new worlds to seek out new life and new civilizations to boldly go where no man has gone before. I would not mind doing that, but of course that's watching Star Trek and seeing all the cool shit that happens. As long as you're not wearing, well, you can wear a red sweater if you're Mister Slut, but everybody else, well, Ahura were were red. She didn't get killed, but everybody else, the the, the security guys were cannon fodder. Um, if it was realistic. No, I would not want to, especially the way things are now, because like I said, we don't have the technology to do it. If we went, like I said, if we went to Mars, it would, you know, they'd have to send a whole bunch of shit there ahead of time uh, for you to use, to build stuff with, because you wouldn't be coming back. There would be no way to fucking get back with what we have now. It would take so long to fucking get there, blah, 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 unless you go with the Joel Edgerton TV or a netflix movie where they um genetically change you so you can survive there and everything but if you're there alone that would suck um i like honestly we have the ryan gosling movie coming out uh astronaut movie coming out i like reading about uh and watching the movie the right stuff and uh, moonshot a book that i have about uh it covers like all the um, space program even the the Russians and the Ameri- Americans and all that stuff uh you know Buzz Aldrin and Neil Armstrong and uh, Alan Shepard and all those guys um, it's very interesting and those guys have a lot of balls uh, but Until we can terraform a planet that we can survive on, I don't want to go somewhere and fucking get some goddamn disease or take a human disease that we have eradicated here on Earth to another ecosystem and kill everybody because they're not used to it. Uh, And I don't want a fucking face sucker to fucking get on my face and fucking go in me and come out my fucking chest or goddamn vampires on fucking you know Planet of the Vampires, although I love their fucking outfits and uniforms and lasers and stuff. Uh, science fiction is a hell of a lot more fun and interesting and horrifying uh, in the movies. I don't s- expect that I will ever go anyplace like that, but say if I did, okay, well, we're just playing, you know, so it says give it a name, and what would it be like there? I would... Go and travel to uh, Russ Meyerton, <laughs> I guess, and they would have uh, large-breasted, very horny women there, uh, a la Vixen and the Russ Meyer movies, uh, and i'm not sure i'm trying to think if i i if i would be the only man there that would be kind of cool uh they could use me as like a uh, uh, <laughs> for breeding <laughs> uh, i guess you can see where this is going and i would be much younger have a lot more hair be better looking uh and um hmm. I don't know. Shit. (laughs) There might be some bad people there, but of course, you know, I would always be able to judo chop them or shoot them with my laser. And my shirt would always get ripped open to show my pecs when I would be in a brawl. Um, But anyway, maybe it would be like, I'm trying to think of a name. Instead of like Saturn or Pluto, what would it be? What would I call it? If I discovered it, you know, but I mean, I wouldn't discover it if there were large-breasted women there. Amazonia? That would be good. Like Amazonia. So anyway, and, um, you know, I would be the coolest, the toughest, the strongest, and have the biggest penis, and they would all want me. So anyway, we got through all of Loaf's... Or Loaf. (laughs) Who the hell's that? (laughs) Uh, Loaf will answer all these questions one day. Uh, So that's it. I'm done. Thanks for all the efforts, and keep the shows coming. As he spells coming, uh, I need them. We all do. Everybody does. Farty greets from Rolf. Well, Rolf uh, again. Even though we may not agree on all movies and your reviews, I may not agree with all of them. I will not shun you. And uh, <laughs> let's see. I think that's all we have here. Let me let me make sure that we don't have. Uh... Okay. Yeah. Like I said loaf just crossed out the other ones and sent himself the email so we wouldn't go over them again so we covered all of uh loaf's goddamn um whatcha calls emails and uh who says miss you guys oh jay jay uh hope you're doing okay or at least not poorly we love to hear more silver and gold one day in the uh, in this crazy Trump uh, electing world we suffer in uh, seriously. You guys have brought me a lot of laughs and us listening to. Thank you. Hope your uh, holidays don't suck too badly, Jason. Okay, and I think that's it. Uh, so let's see with, with Rolf's fucking questions. We were at two hours and with Rolf's questions, we're at three hours and 12 minutes. So I'm going to sign off and, uh, maybe go get something to eat and cut a little grass or something. But, uh, I just wanted to get on here and give you guys another shoe and, uh, hopefully everybody's doing well out there. And hopefully we, I didn't run off everybody from the fucking group, uh, by being a prick. But, uh, like I said, uh, the planet that I named is called Silver Gold Podcast Group and I roll with an iron fist. <laughs> my, my, my superpowers are the cold shoulder. Uh, don't cross me, bitches. Anyway, this is Dr. Zom uh, from um, Amazonia and uh, saying Zom, oot, and hopefully we'll have Loaf back shortly. It like I say that a lot. He came back for a couple and then he's fucking disappeared. Anyway, I uh, hope you all are doing well, and we will see you next time on Schirf und wood Podcast. Bye. Bye.